right. All right, everybody. Hey, it's James Moses Black. I am sitting here with Al Soto on Below the Belt, and this is one of the greatest interviews I've ever had. Coming up, uh, I'll be on Soldados versus Zombies. Yes, oh, Zombies. Uh, a show on Amazon Prime on August 6th. I also got something called Queen Pens with my man Vince Vaughn, Kristen Bell. Uh, it's a great show. It's a, it, That comes out in uh, September as well. And then you can catch me anytime on the A train. Anytime. You can catch me on the train all the time. I'm on the train anytime to LA, LA Metro. You can catch me on the LA Metro because I ain't got no car. But uh, uh, I, I I appreciate Al on the show, man. Keep up with me, and uh, I'll be back soon. The Below the Belt show is closed captioned for the hearing impaired. It is now time for the Bat Boys of Baltimore. Pips up. Goes down. here for your weekly pleasure guys uh we have an amazing show for you guys from top to bottom so let's go ahead let's just get right into it guys and introduce the illustrious panel who are all entertainers in their own rights right right yeah, starting with that debatable <laughs> starting with that's right he is the king of the 80s the demotivational speaker the one and only chachi mcfly what's going on Good to have you back, Chachi. It's been a minute. I know you had some vacay. It's, it's been a few minutes. It's been a few minutes. Yeah. Good to have you back, Chachi McFly. Multiple, multiple minutes. It's been, yes. <laughs> Let's also go ahead and introduce, that's right. He's known as several different monikers here on Below the Belcher. The once and future king, the last Numenorian, and one true knight, he is the one and only Martin Lopez. Good to be back. <laughs> Good to have you back on BTV, Martin. How you feeling? Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> well, well enough. Good, Good enough to be here on BTV. Yeah. There you go. Um, before we introduce our um, other guest co-host that will be um, joining us, um, first of all, I uh, hope everyone's doing great. Um, Chachi, uh, why don't you keep us posted on where you've been? Because I know that you, um, your trip was actually instrumental in our guests, one of our guests tonight, right? Yeah, I was just down in Myrtle Beach, which is um, South Carolina uh, for people not on the East Coast or not familiar with the geography. But <laughs> I think everybody's heard of Myrtle Beach, yeah. right? Uh, uh, who knows? Maybe, who knows? maybe not. Yeah. Okay. People can't place anything on the map anymore, but... Yeah, they totally can't. You're right. Yeah, 
<laughs> you always enjoy going down south, you know, and like I went there actually last summer during the height of COVID and mm. this summer it was a lot more back to normal. Yes. You know, like a lot more things that were open again this summer, a lot of shows that were not open last summer. And one of the shows I got to partake in was um, Legends in Concert, which is like a impersonator show. And and they have um, some great performers on there. Like, you know, I wasn't sure what to expect when I went to see it. Um, you know, because a lot of times you have impersonators lip syncing and it's real cheesy. But no, these are actual real singers, real dancers, real performers who like practically became the artists that they were portraying, um, you know, down to like the voice when they're talking in between um, sets, you know, I mean, in between the songs, like it was pretty, pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, I think we have the an ideal, uh, speaking of all those great, great performances, Chachi, our uh, guest co-host joining us. It's been a minute since we've had her on BTB. Let's go and welcome the multi-talented singer and performer extraordinaire, Siren, the entertainer, Davis. Hey, thanks for having me on, Al. Hey, good to have you uh, back on BTB. It's been a minute. It's good to be back. It's good to yes. be back. Yes. So, Siren, I wanted to have you on as a co-host this uh, week because our special guest is a singer and impersonator, a celebrity impersonator, from this uh, that amazing show that Chachi just checked out in Myrtle Beach. And it's all about um, legends in concert. And um, I checked out the website. It looks like they have impersonators for like every artist you can think of. And they certainly captured the look, the sound, the performance, the dancing, all encompassed, um, you know, in this um, tribute act of sorts. And uh, yeah. Siren, you're a per performer yourself. Um, are you? Um, are there any particular artists that you like to emulate on stage? Well, I have done. Um, I've done Tina Turner. I've done oh, wow. uh, Diana Ross. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's really good to do tribute performances. Um, you know, just it's just for the culture, and I really, really, I, I'm really interested in speaking with her today. That's right. I guess we should introduce her. She is singer and um, impersonator Stacy Witten Summers, um, and some of the artists that she um, emulates include Shania Twain, Katy Perry, Chachi. There's a few more, right? I'm oh yeah, she does. Um... Madonna, Mar I've read. Madonna. Um, Martina Pat McBride. Pat Benatar. Like she Pat, did Pat Benatar. Benatar. Damn, she's got range. Twain. Yeah, she did Pat Benatar and Janari Twain when I went to the show. And she performed both, which I had no idea when I saw it performed. And then until the very end when they announced everybody and they come out and they announced who they were. And they announced two names. And I, I didn't see Shania I saw because she was still in the Pat Benatar um, makeup and costume. And I'm thinking, like, where's Pat? Where's um, Shania Twain at? And then I realized that she played both of um, singers, which I had no idea, which really is a testament. Like, it's hard enough to sing as somebody who's not you in a different style and then talk in a different style. But then when you mix it up, you know, and doing somebody else's mannerisms, but then two different performers in one show, that's got to be really tough. And I'm looking forward to speaking with her tonight to see how she can do that and how she can just, like, Turn off one legend and turn on another legend. And yeah. That person all on the I, same show. Yeah, and I got questions for her too after checking out some of her videos on YouTube. Very spicy performances. Oh, uh, yeah. She's very talented and very easy on the eyes too. Uh, Stacy Witten Summers will be joining us. And guys, we are happy to welcome back uh, return 
guest on BTB. Uh, brought to you by our friend Charles Sherman of Charles Sherman PR. Initially, he wanted Lauren Neme from This Is Us to join us to promote her new play, but she just booked a co-star role on a TV show, and because of that, um, she had to uh, postpone. However, Charles saves the day and brings on a second-time BTV guest. He's an actor named James Moses Black, who currently stars as U.S. Army Colonel Colonel Murdoch in Amazon Prime's TV series S.O.Z., Soldados or Zombies, or Zombies, which is in English, um, <laughs> Soldiers and Zombies, basically. Um, so uh, we are excited uh, to talk about this great show um, and uh, and talk to uh, James Moses Black in a pre-recorded interview at the end of the program. All right, well, let's go ahead and talk about everything going on in the world of entertainment. And here we go. It is time for the Hollywood Report. That's hot. That's bananas. That's off the chain. Yeah, that's right. That's Benji and Joel, Waldorf, Maryland's own, <laughs> with Hollywood news, news theme. All right, guys. So, um, <laughs> my gosh, man, so much going on, dude. Um, first of all, let's talk about the top of the box office. Looks like G.I. Joe did not last in the top spot at the box office with M. Night Shyamalan's movie Old taking home $16.5 million for the weekend. Um, so, uh, and the, the, the cost of the film was only $18 million, so the film's going to do quite well um uh considering it's uh, for a blockbuster it is on the lower imagine 18 millions on the lower Dude, he does yeah. that all the time what was split was like what like a million or something yeah like that? yeah like, but he still budget. managed it's super low budget but still um he he, he does well in the box office and yeah that was is, one of the best ones i think of his recent career split was uh, one of the best ones i have not seen old yet i do plan on seeing i it. have that's all you have of course you have chachi of course i have, of course I have. That means you're going to give us your review of old. I thought it was decent. It kept me entertained for the hour and a half, two hours or whatever. It wasn't one of his best ones. Um, it was an interesting concept. Um, the twist, and he has a twist in every one. Um, it wasn't as <laughs> we, great. And none of us certainly want to be older than we actually are, right? The twist wasn't as great. Like I didn't really... like. Yeah. I didn't think the twist was legit. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, that that's his signature. That's Edna Chamlin's signature. Is yeah, the, the big. Yeah. Um, but it's so uh, funny. Like Chachi's right, though. Like how people respond to the twist definitely affects, you know, how you feel the how you see the film. Six Sense, right. everyone loved it, right? It blew oh, people's like, minds. It was great. It even Split had an amazing twist. Like, like nobody like really thought that it was in the same universe as um, Unbreakable. Until the very right. end. Uh, spoiler alert. But yeah. <laughs> they had enough time. They had enough time to see them. Yeah, I think <laughs> when they had like a part three that kind of like tied it all together. But <laughs> which part three was I thought was horrible. Yeah, I didn't like I, it either. I, I thought, and it could have been good, right? They could have done so many different things. Great. It could have been great. Like the first two were great, and they kind of just like, dropped the ball and threw it together. I felt like for Glass, that was very disappointing. Concur. 
And then, of course, the number two spot is Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe's uh, film that we talked about last week, which had really bad reviews. I liked um, it. I totally liked it. And, Martin, you're, you're, you're the person that watched Snake Eyes, so why don't you give us your uh, review of the film? Oh, nobody else saw it? I haven't I, seen I, it yet, no. Yeah, so I also went with no expectations. Like, let's face it, the first two G.I. Joes were not Shakespeare, all right? So, like, I already <laughs> I already knew what I was, you know, buckled up for, right? And, and Snake Eyes is my favorite character. In fact, the only bright spot of the other G.I. Joe movies for me was watching Snake Eyes track down Storm Shadow and fight him. So, I, admittedly, <laughs> I'm biased here. I'm a little bit of a fanboy. But I thought it, I thought it was fun. Uh, pacing was pretty good. Action scenes were great. Um if I have a knock on it, I feel like the ending could have been better, but they like they set it up for another movie. Like okay, you, you basically you get you get the growth of Snake Eyes initially, and then they like tease you with the birth of Storm Shadow. How would you say Henry Golding did in his role as Snake Eyes? I thought I thought he did well. I had a question on directing because. Okay. You know, Snake Eyes is the penultimate badass. He was always my favorite G.I. Joe guy. Right. Um, and I thought this guy did a good job acting with the script. But, like, I think if, if people don't like it, they're probably wondering why he's not a little bit tougher or a little bit harder. Like, he's good at fighting. But when he's not fighting, he's a super nice guy. Like, this version of Snake Eyes would have coffee with you, check on <laughs> how you're doing. And then, so that, I think that was a little bit of, of problematic, right? So whenever he had to fight, he kicked the shit out of people. And then he's like, bro, you okay? Let's stretch that out. Let me help you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first Snake Eyes was Ray Park, who we've actually interviewed on Below the Belt Show in person at oh, yeah. two different two different conventions. Um, and uh, it's interesting. Maul. It's interesting. And he is Darth Maul, of course. And um, two very different um, takes on the Snake Eye character. Snake Eyes character, that is. Plural. Sorry. <laughs> the funniest thing about it was I got invited to this movie by a, a young lady who's Guatemalan. Oh, nice. So I assumed she was a fan. She had no idea what the fuck it was about. She'd never heard of G.I. Joe. She just <laughs> saw the trailer and thought it was interesting. So I was she like, thought I'm Henry like Golding was, was handsome, yeah. right? So I'm 10 minutes in. I'm like, oh, I think that's Storm Shadow. She's like, what? I was like, Storm Shadow. You know, snake eyes. She's <laughs> so you're like, a big I'm, nerd. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm like, oh, so what's your fucking All right. <laughs> I'm like, why did you want to come see this? She's like, it looked interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's awful. That is great. That is great. Your, um, did she see your snake eye? <laughs> yeah, no. I'm a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's good. Snake eye. Too funny. The one-eyed snake eye, right? Um, <laughs> of course, Black Widow came in third. Go ahead. Is this movie like um, a total like reboot of the franchise? It had nothing to do with the other two GIs. Yeah, shows, it, right? it didn't even touch the other ones. Okay, it, was, okay. it was it was a prequel, right? So like prequel, you get. Okay, okay. You get him well, I'm become. actually glad because if they wanted to, then it just would be out of continuity because they already cast Ray Park in the first two movies. Right. I'm a big fan of keeping the same actor for continuity. Yes, you are. When yeah. when they cast a different actor and it's the same universe, it's just the, I, I'm not sold. You know. I get you. But with you Snake know? Eyes, he's always in the fucking mask, so why would you care? <laughs> uh, very valid point. Valid point, Martin. <laughs> uh, all right, the rest of the box office goes as Black you Widow. Yeah. Uh, the third uh, grossing, top grossing movie, Space Jam: A New Legacy dropped, which probably has to do with the HBO Max. Um, or it's uh, just bad. Simultaneous <laughs> drop. <Yeah. laughs> and Fast Nine, F Nine, is uh, rounds up the top five. 
And yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these simultaneous releases on either Disney Plus, HBO Max, whatever streaming platform uh, exists is definitely going to hurt the box office. And this is very, very evident in the latest news with Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson. So she filed a lawsuit over the film's release um, for Black Widow uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, she felt um, that um, it violated her contract, basically. Oh, what? Does uh, she get points on the box office? So if it hurts the box yes. office, it lowers her check? Exactly. Wow. Um, and it's, and um, the. Wow. And Disney's saying that, you know, she needs to chill out. We paid her $20 yeah, million. Yeah, sure it is. Disney doesn't uh, give a fuck. And <laughs> <laughs> I know we, it doesn't. We paid her $20 million. And she's going to make all the back out on Disney Plus. So she should be even happier. But she feels oh, so that she's she... She's getting part of Disney Plus money, too. Yes. Oh, correct. Okay, okay, okay. So what's her problem? I don't... So well, I... I guess the problem is she felt like dropping on Disney Plus takes away that even more earnings from the box office. But, I mean, 20 million. Right. You know, I mean, to, I think you maybe know, she's score. She just yeah. wants to keep score. Yeah. I don't want to assume, but maybe if, you know, you're used to being a box office smash and you come out with a film that isn't the best, maybe you're annoyed. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I can see that. It got, it got lukewarm reviews. <laughs> so they're saying that Disney intentionally induced Marvel's breach of the agreement without justification in order to prevent Miss Johansson from realizing the full benefit of her bargain with Marvel. Um, and interestingly enough... Disney says that um, the lawsuit has no merit whatsoever. Um, the lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of COVID-19. Told you they wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. They said and, no, and you're insensitive. Oh, shit. So Disney's <laughs> playing the COVID card. Oh, my God. They're playing yeah, the COVID card. The COVID wow. card. How dare you be so insensitive during a time yeah. of global pandemic? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It's exactly what it is, Martin. And, 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 um, That's and fucking Scarlett hilarious. And her attorney, are, I mean, and, and this, while, sorry, Disney... <laughs> God, I'm just losing track of us. Um, what was my point here? I just had it a second ago. But okay. So basically, uh, Johansson's attorney said that it's no secret that Disney is releasing films like Black Widow directly onto Disney Plus to increase subscribers and thereby boost the company's stock price and hiding behind COVID-19 Ooh. as a pretext to do so. Well, I look forward to all the movies Disney and ScarJo are going to make. Yeah. Yeah, they're clearly they got a great working relationship. It's gonna be fine. Well, you know her character's dead, so um, spoiler alert. You haven't seen Brian Endgame. Trying to get the last paycheck, I guess, Scarlet. Yes, yeah, she is because she knows that she already uh, is done with the character of Black Widow. You know, um, but um, let's talk about upcoming movies uh, that could rule the box office. I know the Once and Future King has an interest in this movie called The Green Knight. Oh, you don't right? want to give me start. Animal. It's an <laughs> art house fantasy <laughs> film. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it's, I guess it's a fantasy. Um, yeah, here's the deal. Man. Of, of, it's, of it's not. It's, it's using the title. 
It's okay. literally just using the title. Okay. So like I teach Sir Going to the Green Knight. So I'll try to keep this short and not bore all of you. But like from what I've seen, it seems to be an entertaining flick that is nowhere even tangentially near the storyline in the text. I think like they basically went with like, hey, it's King Arthur's times, and this guy is gonna be a knight named Gawain. And there's going to be a tree dude. And outside of that, they're off the rails storyline. Like, it's nowhere close to what goes on in the, in the thing. Put it this way. Like, Sir Gawain is, in the text, he's, like, one of the perfect knights. He's supposed to, like, balance all the uh, elements of chivalry. Uh, one of which is to, you know, always be sort of, uh, you know, chaste and appropriate, whatever. And, like, the movie opens up with him, like, banging a prostitute on Christmas morning before going to see Arthur at the castle. Like, there's not, they're, not on the, they're not on the same... They're not in the same window. Christmas came early in more ways than one. Nice. <laughs> well done. Good for you, sir. <laughs> but, you know, again, it, it, it's a... Um, a re- let's just say it's a reimagining. Reimagined yeah. retelling yeah. of the Green It's, it's night supposed story. to be visually stunning. I heard some early reports on it, and apparently just the visuals are, are super, super cool. So it's probably worth a, a seeing. I'm just going to be grumpy about it because I know. <laughs> <laughs> but one critic said that the sex and violence contained in the film See? are nothing more than cheap effects to be used whenever the director wants to get a rise out of the viewers. Whatever, man. <laughs> you can say that like sex and violence is cheap, but like... We like those movies. Yeah. <laughs> we've, like, we've been liking them for a long time. Boo-hoo, there's too much sex and violence in this movie. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Like, what are you, right. eight years old? Everybody that knows me knows that Margot Robbie is queen. Mm. And I will be watching Suicide Squad, another movie that will be in contention in two weeks. Um, it's not released this weekend, but it's released the following weekend in both theaters and HBO Max. Positive critics reviews so far, guys. Um, the critics are saying that this could be one of the better DCEU movies. Um, Variety which is, says, which is that sui- well, Variety <laughs> says Suicide Squad gets it right. Wow. Owning that rogue attitude to a much sleeker edge of outrage. It's a team of scruffy, cutthroat origin story that feels honestly dunked in the grunge underworld. See, a lot hmm. of these. Um, reviews they used to they love to use this flowerly language that just yeah you know it, it, res- just, it resonates uh, with the kids these days yeah exactly <laughs> uh, they also call it the um the most fun and least depressing superhero movie in a very long time all right okay um let's see uh ign says suicide squad allows james gunn to lean into everything that he does best We've action and drama with wit and humor. Uh, we've come to expect from the Guardians of the Galaxy director. Okay, so this is, if it's in the same vein as the Guardians of the Galaxy, we're probably going to love it. Yeah, that's it's, it's hilarious. hilarious. Yeah. I think it's so quick. To see, they did a reboot so fast on this one. Like, usually when a movie flops, you I get just, It's not a reboot. Oh, it's, okay. a, it's a soft reboot, but. There's four original cast members coming back in their original roles from the first movie, which was directed yeah. by David Ayer. Margot Robbie, of course, is coming back as yeah. Harley Quinn. Here's, Joel Kinnaman is returning. Are they, like, furthering the storyline? Are they, like, referencing the previous movie and saying that stuff happened? I think they, they to a degree, might refer to it in some ways from what I've read, but it won't 
it doesn't impact this new movie at all. Uh, but they yeah, might reference yeah, it think, because the four, there's four characters from that. Squad was. It wasn't the Suicide Squad in the comics constantly changing different uh, members. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I guess yeah, it's, it's, it's whatever yeah. whatever bad guys they have in jail at the time. That's that's the squad. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. And interesting enough, the, the original Suicide Squad director David Ayer recently was interviewed and he's praising um, the new version of the Suicide Squad, but he did say that his cut is very intricate and that the studio cut is not his movie. He said he put his life in the Suicide Squad. He made something amazing. It was an intricate emotional journey. Um, but yes, yes, that is not what we saw. Not a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was definitely the studios. So why not see the David Ayer cut, which was popularized by Zack Snyder with yeah. Justice League, which was a lot better, right, Chachi? Yeah, you, you like Justice League, right? Uh, the oh, new, yeah. the, the, yeah. the um, yeah, I thought the, it was better. The, the significantly was better. Yeah, yeah. Significantly I, I enjoyed better. both, honestly. Like, I don't know why so many people hated on the original Justice League cut. Yeah. But I thought the Zack Snyder one was even better. But I enjoyed the original Suicide Squad too. So. I did too, to a degree. Yeah. Um. I thought I thought the whole Joker thing was was wasted. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Said like uh, dead air. David Ayer also added, "I never told my side of the story, and never will." I'm old school like that, so I kept my mouth shut and took the tsunami of sometimes shocking personal criticism. Oh, shit. Yeah, so very, very vocal on that stance, but yes, let's let's see the David Ayer yeah. cut of the I mean, first Suicide Squad. I mean, it's gotta, be, it's gotta suck when you do a, you think you did a great job and then the studio changes everything after you're done mm-hmm. and you think it's an inferior product. That's gotta be... Dude, you know, and you know, irritating. it happens. Like, yeah. We just got done talking about my nerd Arthur thing, like Kingdom of Heaven. Like w- the theatrical version of Kingdom of Heaven, it's entertaining, but it makes no sense. There's all kinds of plot holes, and it's what hurts the film. Right. When you actually go see Ridley Scott's director's cup, he fills in all the holes. Backstory makes sense. Like it was a complete three-hour movie that was great, and they cut it down to two that was like B minus. Like yeah, you, you can yeah. hurt a film with cutting. Yeah. yeah, and but sometimes it makes it better. Like I know, like they have the director's cut for the movie Bad Santa with Billy Bob Thornton, and I watched the director's cut. And I thought it was, um, I thought it lacked a lot of the heart that the movie that we saw had. You know, they they didn't have like, you know, the relationship with him and the um, kid as much. You know, like oh, really? pretty, pretty much, pretty much Billy Bob Thornton was pretty much a dick and throughout the whole movie never had any kind of redemption. <laughs> but you know, like. I thought it was much better, like, you know, some of the scenes they added, like, the whole, like, um, advent calendar scene, like, that was all cut out, or, or wasn't in the original cut of the movie. Oh, that's interesting. And even, like, the voiceover in the beginning where he's talking about his life, um, that wasn't in the original cut. He was just kind of sitting at the bar in silence in the original cut, so. So sometimes huh. the studios, I think, do a better job, and sometimes I think they mess it up, so. Okay. One studio movie I know you're very happy about, Chachi, is Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes, yes. No, we, I think we're yes. Just- we just saw a full trailer um, that just dropped, um, and interestingly enough, none of the original cast are in the trailer. That's one thing I, I noted ah, to you. Ah, um, the, the even though they are the returning and playing their original characters, there is no Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, or Ernie Hudson. Um, Touch, you know what I'm going to say, right? Who do you think picks up the red phone? I, I think it's Dan Aykroyd. 
Oh, see, I thought it was Bill Murray. I, I thought okay. it was Bateman. Yeah, I'd I thought it was either one. It's hard to it's hard to too, like distinguish which one it was. Yeah, the voice. It's just like Mac we're close. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, no, so I, that was I, definitely I think, one of the OGs, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because they, they didn't the show his face. No, they look up the YouTube thing, they call the number, and it's the red phone. You just see an older guy's hand pick up the phone and say, we're closed. Like, yeah, I'm yeah. very excited to see who it is. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, <laughs> this is what people have been asking. Well, what, was for. it a Caucasian like, hand? Yeah. Okay, so there, it's, it, it eliminates Ernie. one of them. Yeah, it wasn't Ernie. Husband. Yeah. So, and sadly, one of the other actors uh, had passed away who played Chachi Inu, the actor's name that passed away, the original OG Ghostbusters. Um, which one, Ackerman? Yes. Yeah. So, so it's either got to be Dan Aykroyd or Bill Murray. <laughs> Venkman. Yeah. The other reason I'm leaning Bill is because he's like the king of cameo. There's so many movies he shows up in for 15 minutes and just crushes it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but uh, my money's on Bill Murray, Peter Venkman. Like his his cameo in Zombieland was one of the best things I've ever seen. It shows up yeah. in the movie as himself. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I just watched that yesterday. Sorry, it, was it, was Howard, it was Howard Howard Ramis who died. Ivan Thank Reitman you. is the original director, but his son is directing this one. Yeah, well, Jason Reitman is the director. Oh, that's even cooler. See, now I like it even more. It's a great factoid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, um, it's what people wanted from the from the you know since part two they wanted a a part three of Ghostbusters, which is kind of what we're getting now. Like nobody wanted the all-female Ghostbusters, and they're like, oh, and people hate females or whatever. I'm like, no, people wanted the original Ghostbusters. Nobody asked for this garbage and for you to pretend that the original Ghostbusters never existed. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and like, it looks like they have the strong female characters, you know, especially the, some of the kids in this one. Yeah. I think it, it's like Stranger Things 2.0. Stranger Things vibe. Yeah, Stranger Things vibe, yeah. But I'll tell you guys an exclusive that I did talk to Jason Reitman at the Tribeca Film Festival. And I mentioned on the show on the show before, but I said, thank you. Thank you for saving Ghostbusters. He's like, I'm happy to do so. However, no one's seen the film yet. Let's just hope so. So, he's, yeah. so let's just, you know, he's kind of keeping the optimism, but he's being realistic that it, that no one's seen the film yet at the time. Um, and I don't think anyone has even critics. I think it's still a little while away from being dropped. Right, Chach? Yeah, and it's and it was finished way before COVID, so I think that they had time to do even some kind of reshoots and different stuff too, like during COVID and like different like ways to tweak the movie, make it even better. But I mean, okay, Jason, Reitman, Jason Reitman definitely has like a interest in having a good film just to honor his father. So, yep, um, yep. it's yeah. produced. It's actually produced by Ivan, directed by yeah. Jason. Yeah, and he doesn't want to get beat by his father, I'm sure, like by, right. by messing up their franchise. <laughs> Yeah. No, but oh, yes. The movie opens November 11th. Yeah. Thanksgiving, baby. That's where I'll be. Two days after Chachi's birthday. There you go. Yep. There's an um birthday. What we birthday. gotta do is we we gotta go find one of those like like all year round Halloween stores and get some Ghostbusters costumes and go in. Yes. With the, <laughs> with the overalls in the backpack. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, think, I, think Paul Rudd, I think Paul Rudd was a great choice to have. Um. Was one of the main actors in this movie. He's just so likable, you he know. Is. Yeah, so, everybody loves that. He's a good guy. actor. And, and then you're gonna ages. have that. You have the baby um, Stay Puffs, which I think is a great, Aww. great gimmick. That's oh, yeah, gonna be a marketing they're... gimmick for toys. You know that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, had, I had the toy Stay Puff as a kid, which is probably around like the same size. You know, so I think it's gonna be a, a huge hit. Just saying, you guys are you know kids of the '80s like me. Is like there's a few things yeah. that every kid from that time period wanted. 
One was a lightsaber, two was a hoverboard, three was a proton pack. Every child ever <laughs> yeah. wanted those things. But the right. hoverboard yeah, didn't I, really I used, exist. To, I used to pray to say, well, you think the lightsaber and the proton packs exist? Those aren't really the man. <laughs> <laughs> they had lightsabers, but they were made of plastic. But yes, at least they had them. <laughs> oh, you mean a, yeah. A plastic lightsaber, yeah. <laughs> not the same. Not the, it's, and everybody used those. Same. Everybody used those yellow wiffle bats to pretend that that was a lightsaber, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shape was about right. For the tube yeah. from the wrapping papers? Mm. Yes. 100%, right? Oh, wow. <laughs> you could slay your brother. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right. I did, I did. Lots of cool trailers dropping, guys. There's one for 824's horror, weird, weird, bizarre horror film called Lamb. Um, do you guys know about this uh, film? It's basically... They make a dis- crazy discovery on their sheep barn, and um, it's 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 so twisted and weird that they raise some sheep to be, uh, I guess, one of their own. Um, and they bang it. And they probably yeah. bang it. Okay. Um, okay. But they're calling it a slow burn contemporary folk horror. Mm. Um, that's uh, made its debut at the Cannes Film Festival. And stars a bunch of um, what looks to be uh, Icelandic actors that I've never heard of, but um, it looks pretty cool. <laughs> October eighth, you can yeah. check that out. It sounds weird as shit, but we can't be negative on it because we always complain like, oh, another remake, another like sequel yeah. nobody wanted. And this just sounds it's just like a wacky, weird shit. But like, yeah, yeah, we can't knock it yet until right. we see at least so the trailer. Cool. We'll and wait we, until we and see. Then we it. can knock it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that it's that phrase slow burn. It either yeah. is or it's just a bad movie and they slap that on there. So that you, <laughs> right. if you don't give up on it halfway through. <laughs> right. Slow burn. It, the entertainment's coming. Yeah. Well, eight twenty four, they've done Midsummer, The Witch, The Lighthouse. They've done a lot of like uh really weird um yeah, Midsummer horror fucking weird. Super weird. Right, exactly. And that's their cup of tea. So um, Poe Dameron himself, Oscar Isaac, um, has a new film called The Card Counter. A trailer just dropped for that. Um, he plays an ex-military interrogator turned gambler. And when he was um, in jail, he learned how to count cards. Um, it's a lot of time on your hands. So, um, But uh, the trailer looks pretty dope. Um and of course, it's Poe Dameron, you know, Star Wars tie-in. So, <laughs> so got to check that one out for sure. Um, what else do we got here? So we have um, the biopic of Venus and Serena Williams, starring Will Smith, who plays the father, Richard. Um, and the movie's called King Richard. Interesting oh. that they're calling it King Richard, like it's some Arthurian well, it's, folklore. Yeah, but. But it's because, like, all these athletes have parents that like beat them into being awesome, which like I cracks me up because everybody's like, oh, their parents were really rough on them. It's like, and they turned out awesome. They're the best in the world at what they do. They're multi-millionaires. Millionaires. It's okay. Yes. It <laughs> I is think okay, it's right. okay. Michael Jackson. Oh. <laughs> right. I mean, his, his dad. Oh, his dad whooped him, right? Yeah. It's didn't fuck around at all. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. Ever, ever born, oh, he yeah. totally did that shit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he saw how he turned out. So, like, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Like, what do you think Mike turned out the way he did? Beaten yeah. a lot as a child. <laughs> oh no. Oh, uh, sadly, Michael's no longer with us. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, it looks good. I think Will Smith's acting looked fantastic in mm. in the trailer. So could have some Oscar vibes. You never know. Um, now Jared Leto loves to transform himself for roles, and his newest role—they just released some photos. You guys gotta Google Jared Leto in House of Gucci, and he looks completely unrecognizable in this role. Um, you know, he's lo- known as the rock star from Thirty Seconds to Mars. I mean, the Joker—you could still look at the Joker and tell that it's Jared Leto. You look at this character, uh, who's uh, Detective oh, wow. Andy. Sipowitz in House of Gucci. Dude looks like a cross between Jeffrey Tambor and Ron Jeremy, in my opinion. <laughs> That's an interesting description. Yeah, if you see this photo, let me know if you agree with that cross. I'm looking at I'm looking at images right now. Definitely yeah. see the uh, I definitely see Ron Jeremy in there. Oh yeah. That's, <laughs> that's weird. Hey, this is this is messed up because he's stealing roles from ugly people, you know, yeah. in Hollywood. That's a good point. You know, you yeah. You handsome guy, you, Jared Leto, you don't need to be taking all the roles from everybody. You know what I mean? Stick to your heartthrob roles or whatever. That's or like, right. right. That's you know? right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a some very Ben Franklin impersonator out there who could have done. I mean, I mean, you know, Danny DeVito was available for this role. And, you know, <laughs> and Jared Leto stole it from him. You're right. <laughs> I mean, it, I think that the handsome actors and the beautiful yeah. actresses. I mean, he's bald love with this. long hair, like, you know, chubby. Uh, Dan, Danny DeVito. Yeah. Yeah. I think because, like, I mean, remember Charlize Theron did uh, Monster? Yes, yes. Like, yeah. She really wanted to break that mold, you know, right. like the, the, the gorgeous woman that only did this yeah, kind she's of She's done it a couple times, yeah. Yeah, and I think Jared See, wants to do She this. really looked like the the, the murderer from she that did. movie. Yeah. She looked exactly. just like her. She did a really good job in that role. Exactly. And I think Jared wants to do the same thing as Charlie's so they did that too with like uh whoever they got to play Elton John that British actor is like great looking in real life Karen Everton, they, oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well John John wasn't that unattractive but I, I see what uh, like look um, you're being nice I, I don't <laughs> love the guy's music I just don't think he's the best looking cat out okay. there. <laughs> that's debatable yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. There's some movies in production that might take a while for us to see, but nonetheless, the Flash movie in London um, is in production now. They just revealed a first look on set of Ben Affleck's Batman, which they didn't confirm was Ben or not. He was just in the costume, and I guess the paparazzi photos that leaked um, didn't. It, it was hard to tell whether it was Ben or not in the suit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, you see uh, Batman on his bat cycle uh, on set of the Flash movie. So um, that's exciting. Um, we also do know that uh, Michael Keaton is returning in Batman as well. I'm yes. sorry, returning in the Flash as well, because they are going to be introducing the multiverse. Nice. Um, and the Flashpoint storyline that will be coming to life. I love Flashpoint. It's one of my favorite storylines. I haven't so read good. the graphic novel yet. I want to. Oh, so good. How, yeah. how will that translate as a movie? Will it, will it work? They've already done it. There's an animated movie on Netflix, Flashpoint. Watch oh. it. Phenomenal. Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't even know there was an animated um Yeah, and, and like it's dark. They didn't kitty it up like because a lot of people die in the multiverse. That's what's so fun. You can see like, you know, could Superman be Aquaman? And if so, what would happen? And if it happens in the multiverse – you don't have the character die in your universe, but we still get to play out that scenario. Oh, wow. So, nice. Yeah. 
So like in in Flashpoint, I think you lose like six major you know superheroes and just like all out war slaughter fest. It's amazing. Holy shit! Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, let's see. We also have um, Chachi. Will be interesting to know that they're going to do a Disney remake of the Haunted Mansion, which they did um, one a few years ago Eddie um, with Eddie Murphy in two thousand three. Yeah. But now they're looking into Tiffany Haddish and Lakeith Stanfield. Um, they're, they're now in talks to um, to lead um, this uh, remake uh, based on the popular ride at Disney. The spooky this, theme park ride. It's one of my favorite Disney rides. I fucking love the Haunted Mansion. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's a it's, lot of fun. Yeah, it, it's an iconic ride. It's iconic. There's nothing creepy than the floor that descends. Yeah. And, uh, it's one of the it's one of the first things I saw that like I couldn't figure out how they did it. Like the effects in that, especially for the time period. For the time it came amazing. out, right? You know, like when you when your little booth goes by, and it looks like the ghost is sitting next sitting to you. Sitting right next thing. to you, like, right? Yeah. Blew, blew my young mind. I'm like, holy shit, this is. <laughs> yeah, and I heard the haunted mansion actually helped popularize haunted houses around the country around Halloween and stuff because I, I yes. read these I read before that it wasn't too common of a thing to like to go visit haunted houses. No yeah. Seems like every ride at Disney is gonna be um a movie, right? I mean yeah, Jungle make money. Cruise. Yes. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, print that money. <laughs> yeah, they have, yeah. have, have a movie called Monorail. Monorail will come out soon. <laughs> Just like about the monorail going into Disney. Teacups. <laughs> Teacups, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything they make oh, money off of it, that they own, they're gonna make money off of it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, more reboots is The Exorcist. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. is set to star in the upcoming reboot of The Exorcist from Blumhouse. So, it is it is um, with Blumhouse, and you know Blumhouse does a great job with the horror franchise. Um, Ellen Burstyn will be reprising her role as Chris McNeil. Interesting. Um, so. That was that was the first film that like legit scared me, like as a grown up, not as like it was like I think I saw it for the first time when I was twenty two. I was like way late to the party and like right. I had bad I had bad dreams and everything. Cause it's based on wow. a true story. And I was like, fuck all that. Fuck it down. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty pretty <laughs> wild, man. Um let's see. Um another creepy film called The Night House, starring Rebecca Hall. Uh will be released on August 20th, the trailer just dropped for that, where Rebecca Hall is left alone in a lakeside home and she tries his best to keep it together um, because of the death of unexpected death of her husband and um, looks like um, she's starting to see disturbing visions uh, possibly a ghostly allure of her husband who passed away Um, so check that out um and also let's uh there's another remake wow okay so this is um a movie called the saint um i think it was yeah dropped in 1997 with val kilmer yeah i love that movie they're gonna remake it with uh reggie jean page from bridgerton uh so it's a reimagined version of uh the saint i barely remember the saint Uh, i remember watching it back in 97 And she was still smoking hot in that thing. Okay. <laughs> it was karate, karate kid's girlfriend, Elizabeth Shue. Oh, Elizabeth yeah, Shue. yeah. She's still smoking hot in the boys, though. I have to say, she's, she's doing excellent she's work long term. She's like a fine wine. She's still good in um, Cobra Kai. Absolutely. Yeah. And Cobra Kai as well. The yeah. boys, Cobra Kai, all her recent projects. She's 
she's like a fine wine. She she's she looks very, very good. Everybody who has been the karate kid has aged very well. It's like Yeah. You know, it's something That's in the water. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even the old man uh Crease. He's oh, like he in his seventies. Oh yeah. 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 See all that yeah. waxing on and waxing off really keeps young. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh let's see, they're doing a filmed adaptation of the Fortress of Solitude, best selling novel by Jonathan Lethem. Um, so uh, that's going to be on Amazon Studios, based yeah, on our guest just showed up. Yeah, we got to have a guest. Oh, my speakers off. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm not always smarter than the phone. I try though. Wow. So let's welcome our special guest to Below the Belt show. She is an amazing singer and performer, known for her amazing tributes of many of her favorite artists. We welcome Stacy Witten Summers. Hey, uh, I, let me guess, let me guess, channeling her Pat Benatar vibe. Yes. Yes, I. You know what? Is I that right? Just, I just walked off stage. Yes, you are correct. I mean, oh I literally God. two seconds ago walked off stage. So. Oh, that's funny. I wasn't sure which persona I was going to give you, but I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> I was yeah. hoping for. Like, I saw the show amazing. a couple of weeks ago, and I was hoping Pat Benatar because I thought that was amazing. But like all your you characters go. are amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and I was telling people like earlier in the show that um, you know, it's my first time seeing any Legends in concert shows, and like I had no oh, yeah. idea what to expect. I heard they're really good, but I didn't know because normally when you see different like impersonator performers, like it's like a kind of like a cheesy karaoke, like a lip syncing type of thing. But no, these are all like like actual real singers, amazing singers, you know, great dancers. Um, and even in between each song, you know, they're speaking like in the same voice as the um, person that they're, um, you know, doing a tribute for. So it's pretty amazing. Well, thank you. And thank I saw you your performance much. as um, First Night Twain in the show and then later on as Pat Benatar. And I had no idea that it was you, the same person for both. Oh, good. Not, not until like at the end where they announce everybody and you walk out and they announce your name. And they said, um, Shania Twain and Pat Benatar. And I, I saw you walk out in your Pat Benatar um costume but i'm like right. where's shania twain at is she like sick is she still in the back did she miss her cue and then <laughs> it, don't that it was both you doing the same it was you doing the same um you know doing both performers which i thought was amazing and i have a lot of questions about <laughs> oh awesome yeah ask away i uh yeah, we always say, well, Shania's back in a box. I didn't have time to get her back out. <laughs> well, I think it just uh, speaks volumes of your ability to transform into these um, performers because I said you're channeling Pat Benatar. And because I was able to identify you quickly, that means you really, really oh, yeah. captivated that persona very well. So kudos on being yeah. able to to do that because that's not an easy task thank you no, thank it's, you it's, it's very cool during the performance too that they um like she did the mm -hmm. whole dance from um the actual um love is the battlefield music video you know with mm -hmm. the shimmy and stuff and the dancing in the middle of the um, video and they had the same kind of costume on which i thought was like a dead ringer for um pat benatar in that video thank you that was our goal i appreciate you mentioning that because that was something that i really pushed for uh uh, Legends has always been really great to me. I've been with them 25 years, and uh, they I do six characters for them. So You mean you started when you were five years old? Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love you. Come back. Come back. <laughs> um, you know, I, uh, 
actually it's been a little bit more than that but anyway it's a little over 25 years but um who's counting after 20. <laughs> um, I've just been uh, super blessed to have uh, Legends has been such such a wonderful company for me and uh, they've allowed me to audition all of these different people. But yeah, she looks just like Pat Benatar. It's uncanny that we're, you know, we're doing the live Skype now. And <laughs> yeah. It's like we're interviewing I Pat Benatar. You're, you're trying not to geek out because you're talking to Pat Benatar. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Well, hopefully Stacy will uh, be uh, reconnecting with us momentarily. Did I lose you guys? Yeah, yes, you there you we go. You're there back. You're back. Yeah, you froze. Your story was your story was too cool. It broke our system. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, uh where where was I? Um, <laughs> anyway, I was just started, talking. Started 25 years ago. You said. Um, anyway, I do six characters for Legends of Concert, and they've been very gracious to uh, let me audition for those different people um, over the years. Most people that are in the tribute industry or the impersonator field uh, really usually only do one character. They usually look like that person on and off stage. Right. Um, especially when I started 25 years ago, it was it was a different ballgame. There's a lot more people that come from the music and the theater world now. Back then, it was just people who really just were dead ringers off stage, or they got you know some. Sometimes they got surgeries, but more than likely they just really resembled the person. Yeah, they were living um, the life, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, we had a couple of um, interesting Judy Garlands um, back then, but just always stellar performers. <laughs> um, stellar, stellar. I mean, really, Legends has always been known for being cream of the crop. Um, I'm very uh, honored to have been uh, hired by them full time for all of these years. Uh, and, you know, it's... Um, it is definitely acting and singing and people forget that we're playing a part. And so I just, I've always said, I just feel constantly so thankful that I get to be a working actress and work six yes. days a week. Like it's just a dream. That is a dream. Well, tell Questions. us what, okay. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, we'll have to go first. Question for you. Uh, creative control. Do you get to pick like, because, you know, artists change over time. Do you get to choose, like, costume, song, look? Or is that something where, like, they, they were like, we would prefer you do this? Or? Um, we They, of course, have the end-all say-so. So they are the producers of the show. So they, they essentially take uh, the act that we audition, that I come up with my own sets, and they um, put band and dancers uh, around that set. But they also... Um, have, you know, they're, they're a great production company. So they have, you know, preferences, of course, if I were to, I've been with them for so long, it's a little, you know, I, um, you have more clout. Yeah. Now, now you got you know, some, I don't want to say that, support. but I just, I do, they, they do, they're very kind to trust me with, with a lot of things. Um, it's you're proven. Than yeah. Being great. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. they'll, they do. I mean, obviously if they have a song, they're like, you have to do this song. Yeah. Um, of course I would do it. Uh, but usually, I mean, when you're doing a tribute show, um, a show of this caliber, you know, you're you only have 15, 20 minutes to to give them a bang and they better buy you, buy into you emotionally and yeah. love you and forget where they're at in the world at the moment and be immersed in that that fantasy in the first. Minute. Yeah. Or it's tough to come back from that. So you got to really hit them hard right in the very beginning and have uh, the essence and the look and the sound down from, from the beginning and, but yet be natural at the same time. Right. You don't want to be a caricature. 
Yeah. Well, how how hard is it for you to come out? Like, so you, you did a Shadow of Twain when I saw you, and you came out later on as Pat Benatar. How hard is it to switch and become a totally different? I mean, you become a different person, obviously, for the first one, but then a totally third different person of who you really are as um, Pat Benatar and still, like, talk and act and make the same facial expressions and movement. How hard is that? Um, you know, I I didn't think I would have a problem because I've been going back and forth. I do uh, Marilyn Monroe, which is the first character that I started with, um, and I do Katy Perry, and I do Martina McBride, Shania Twain, awesome. uh, Gretchen Wilson, and um, Pat Benatar. So. I've done all of those characters in a one-woman show. I've done them in oh, wow. Legends before, two at a time. And I, but I had not done Pat Benatar and Shania Twain in the same show until this this gig, until this contract. And I'll tell you, it was the biggest challenge for wow. me. It was definitely the biggest challenge. And I think, um, you know, anytime, like any actor will tell you. Um, there's a part of you that you're pulling out to become that character, right? There has to be some part of you that is like that person you're portraying or you wouldn't be able to do it. Right, right. Um, no. And so um, I, my voice is not naturally as raspy as uh, Pat's. So I'm more nasal. Like when I'm talking right now, I sound more naturally like Shania Twain. She's a very nasal singer and nasal speaker. And, and Pat is, um, of course, gotten a little, you know, um, lower in, as, as she's aged and um, and rocked out all those years. She was a little yeah. more pure in her singing back in the 90s. So, I mean, I'm sorry, in the 80s. And that's why, um, uh, you know, people still listen to her records from back in the 80s. So unless yeah. they've seen her live, they don't realize how, how um, hit me with you, bitch, shot. You know, there's that. <laughs> no. So that is not natural for me. I have to create that. So I, it did take me a little bit to, some days I'm a little more pure and, than others, yeah. and 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 I'll go, gosh. Uh, or if I'm dehydrated a little bit, I can't make that that um, growl as easily. So I end up singing more pure. And anyway, nobody else in the audience would know that, but I feel it, right? So there's those little things that. Mm. Yeah, especially because both of them are such different styles too. It's not like you're doing two country singers, like Shania yeah. and another country. Singer. Are you doing two totally different styles on the spectrum? Yeah, that, that's what pretty, makes it amazing. Pretty incredible. Stacey, I'm curious, which artists are you going to uh, work on next? I know you're going to add another artist to your repertoire. Uh, and, and how long will that process master <laughs> the additional artist to your personas? I have not thought about it because it does take so much. Okay. It, it takes so much to develop a character. Um, uh, for me, I mean, it's like a full time for me for for six months to really dive into a character and get it down so that it's second nature. And okay, um, so I think as also if 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 the characters that I presently do weren't in demand, I would say, oh, okay, what's my next role? Which emotionally, of course, I always like to do that as any creative person does, but. Um, it's it's tough to juggle that because if they need me as Shania in New York and and they don't have another Shania and yet they want me in Maryland as Marilyn in in I can't spread myself too thin is I guess is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Right. Uh, I know that sounds way too realistic, but <laughs> no, no, it's already a lot of 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 work that you've put into yeah. these existing characters, but uh, I know you things said, are already cooking though. Yeah, and you said it's like six months for you to get a character. You let me know. Yeah. You let me know what you see. 
right. Have you gotten any feedback from the actual artists or met any of the actual yeah. artists and did your whole act in front of them? I was curious if they've given you any kind of feedback. Yeah, uh, Shania Twain, she's very sweet. She came to see me a couple times, actually. In oh, cool. Um, in wow. the year 2000, when I first started doing uh, portraying Shania uh, in Legends, that was, of course, before she was over at Caesars um, performing. Uh, she came to see the show there, and that was really fun. And I didn't know she was in the audience. Oh, so, wow. oh cool. Um, when she, you know, thank God, I would have been way too nervous if I didn't know she was in the audience. <laughs> No, she, uh, she, uh, I met her afterwards and she was very complimentary and very, very sweet. Very, uh, you know, she comes from the review show world. Uh, so I think she respects it and probably looks at it a little bit different than most recording artists. Okay. Oh, cool. Have you met Pat Benatar in person? No. And okay. you know, the thing is, is I just, I'm always working. I don't yeah. have time to go to concerts. I don't have time to. Um, you know, Martina McBride, of course, uh, is another one that I would have gotten, uh, that I've actually followed her in her some of her concert halls. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so some light stalking. You know, in Legends. Um, so, uh, you know, I guess I just, we pass in the night. I don't know. Um, but I would love to. I mean, I'm, of course, I'm fans of all of those, all of the people yeah. that, that, uh, that I've portrayed. Uh, Gretchen Wilson is one of my favorites. I don't get to do her too often anymore um she's not doing a lot of things currently so um right it's all about you know legendary people that are that are um a marquee draw you know that's that are very entertaining but I, I did do her for a while and she was i came out on a four-wheeler uh oh, in branson cool. missouri i did that uh for quite some time came out on a four-wheeler and uh with all the girls on the back and oh it was just it was a hoot it was really fun so what you said it takes about six months for you to get into the um, character. Like, do you watch a lot of like concert footage or like music videos? Like, how do you prepare yeah. to become that person? For, for sure. And I know six months seems like, God, that takes you a long time. But that's pretty I, short, I think. Yeah, I, no, I get it. Usually, usually I'm in a gig. So I have my days to myself and I can really focus. If I'm in a gig, it's a lot easier to develop a character. If I'm at home, um, you know, I want to spend time with my husband and I have a really big family. And so it's a little bit tougher to be in your own space and carve out time because it's an all day thing. It really is all yeah. consuming for me anyway. Um, and I don't look like my people out of costume. I don't look like any of them. I might look a little bit um, when I before I started doing Marilyn Monroe, I did get people say that I reminded them of her. Um, and uh, at some point in my career, I did get Shania before I started doing her. So, uh, which is odd because they look nothing alike. But they're, you know, you <laughs> you have, if you, I don't have very dominant features. I don't have a really small nose, a really big nose, a really uh, uh, predominant chin. or So I'm able to kind of, yeah, you know, manipulate that yeah. with makeup. Yeah. I don't do any prosthetics. With makeup. Yeah, you can do stuff with makeup. Yeah, yeah. makeup and, um, uh, and hair. Yeah. And body and, you know, essence and, and body movement and all that kind of stuff, you know, everything that goes into into, uh, you know, people forget that, like, when you go see a Broadway show they're when they're when they're recreating a storyline, say a Maryland show on Broadway or like um, I forget that they had a, some other ones. Other um, I think they did a Gloria Stefan uh, yeah. show on Broadway right now. Right. The, the actress is not doesn't necessarily look exactly like. Gloria Stefan, she's she's creating that essence 
hopefully, mm -hmm. and the acting part of it. Whereas ours is a little different. We're supposed to look. Oh yeah, yeah. You have to create the illusion and have people forget that you're not the real that you're not the real person. So yeah, uh, it's a little different. Do you, do you ever take your persona off the stage? You know, to home, so, to the grocery store. I, maybe, I was in gonna the, ask. maybe in the bedroom. With I was gonna ask. <laughs> so, so like if, if you well, could do Marilyn. Yeah, if you could do Marilyn Monroe and you're married, like at some point, did he get a birthday surprise yeah, and you so pop out of the cake and you see that? I've been dying to know. I've been dying that to know. That was your question too. That was my question. <laughs> I, I was thinking that too, honestly. <laughs> I'm I, people always ask him that they're like, what's it like to live with someone who has six personalities? Does she dress up all the time? They always, <laughs> always <laughs> like that. So it's, yeah, it's real. It's really fun. I, um, uh, no, I don't take my persona off the stage. As a matter of fact, I know people always want to hear that, that you do, but I, right. Me, coming from the theater world, that's the number one mortal sin of acting. You yeah. leave the stage, whatever it is you're doing, you leave it on the stage. And for me, I can, even though my hair is um, similar to um, Shania's and Martina's, I always use a wig with every character I ever do. I, I need that. And there's, you know, as, there's also always something of, from each character that besides the wig that puts me in that person, that allows me to, to relax enough to to um act accordingly um and then most of the time it's shoes, shoes. Uh, really okay um i mean because you think about i mean uh, obviously only the women are good well i don't know you might wear heels at home i'm not sure you don't know me i'm a chucks person myself <laughs> but isn't it so different when you're whatever you're wearing on your feet you walk differently, you you know, you strut or don't strut. And, and like uh, Gretchen Wilson, I always use that um, as an example. When I, I got really, really tight jeans so that I could do this sway that she has so that I could walk like her, it it really has a lot to do with it. Gowns, you, you stand differently in the gown as Marilyn, even though I'm wearing the same heels that I've actually worn as Pat Benatar, I've worn as Marilyn. Okay. You know, uh, just trying to find the right heel when you're putting a, a character together, like a, a, just right. a basic black pump. Um, but you never walk the same in it. And it all has to do with what you're wearing and how you feel in it. I mean, you guys know what it's like when your underwear is too tight, right? Absolutely. It just really does make a big difference in, in um in your costume really and uh i i make a lot of my costumes i do make a lot of my wigs um cool wow and uh, i have a little kid head so i always have to make everything yeah <laughs> well, i love the Katy perry video you you totally and i actually went to that uh specific Katy perry concert with the the lollipops and the blue hair and all that and you really completely just uh just captured the essence of Katy perry on stage and um, even though the outfits with you did a little magic trick with your outfit change there. Yes, that, that, that was, was pretty really cool. Fun. That was fun. That one was that video that you saw actually was up in Canopy Lake Park. It was a yeah. was theme park. And I have never heard so many five-year-olds scream. I mean, it was interesting that because it, it was a kid's park and uh, she, yeah, she just really had such a young following. There was just so many kids. That, that was a really, really fun gig. And I thought I have to do something really visual. She's so yeah. visual too, you know, she's so visual and she, she's ever changing and ever, uh, she's over the top and, 
uh, a really she's a really fun character to do. I will say her music is is really challenging. Okay. And that one, I think that um, they all have their challenges. Every voice persona that I do definitely has their challenges. Um, and you have to do it over and over and over again. So you're not thinking in muscle memory. Right. But um, she definitely uses every part of her voice and she has an incredible range. And uh, yeah, she, does. she she really and Martina, of course, too. But it's different. They're similar in the belts. I actually use some of the same tones in Marilyn. She does this, you know, she goes up in her uh, head voice quite a bit and does these little flips. And so does Katy Perry and so does Shania. So that part of my voice, yeah. I use the same in those characters. Um, and then there's those high belts, you know, Marilyn, they all think that she's so whispery, but she's very, um, uh, diamond. She's got that really fast vibrata, but she sings in a mix. She's, she's, it's actually just a controlled belt and it's, um, it's a misconception, but, um, some of her music, of course, is, is a little airier, but um, I put just as much in my voice as Marilyn air-wise as I do in Shania. So. Yeah. Now, Stacey, I also heard here that um, you perform as yourself, um, too. How often do you do that, and how is that experience, and how does that differ from impersonating another performer? Um, when, you, when you've been acting for a long time, of course, you, you have to go into a different headspace <laughs> as yourself. and. Um, just, of course, developing these people over time, it can do nothing but increase your range and inc increase your creativity with your own voice and all the figure out the things that you can do with it. Um, so that was really great. I, I did have uh, a, I did a couple of albums. I did get the chance to uh, my sister and I did a lot of stuff together from a, we have come from a really big musical family. Um, oh, awesome. She's the, she's oh, the so youngest cool. six kids and I'm the oldest. And, uh, she, she came and lived with me age 17, uh, on the road actually in legends. And so she, she was with me full time and we, we, uh, did a bunch of, of albums at that time. And we would be touring, uh, we would go do little gigs here and there on the day off that gets a little exhausting. So I didn't do that for too long, but, um, moving around so much too is, is a little difficult because you're not like stationed in Nashville or stationed in Los Angeles, you know? So, uh, definitely came from the songwriting world. I miss songwriting. I haven't done uh, much of that uh, lately. I've been busy making a living. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes sense. I know that sounds terrible, uh, man. I wish, uh, uh, I could, could, could do more of that, but, um, I did get a chance to work with, um, Delaney Bramlett. I don't know if you guys remember Bonnie and Delaney back from the 70s. He wrote um, Superstar. Ooh. Don't you remember he told me love me, baby. baby. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, the guy's a legend. He's the, the king of um, Swamp Rock, they called him. But he's definitely legendary. And, you know, his, his running circle was, uh, you know, Janis Joplin and George Harrison. And, um, you know, he was he worked with Ike and Tina Turner back in the day. Anyway, I did an, uh, um, a Swamp Rock album with him. And that was uh, that was probably a highlight for me. That was really a fun, fun time. But I haven't uh, other than doing my one woman show where I do get to do some of that stuff uh, as long as as well as doing my characters uh, and integrating it into that to that show. Uh, that's when I usually do myself. So uh, we have Siren, the entertainer Davis, on the panel as well. She's a, a performer, uh, amazing singer. She does a lot of 
uh, musicals and Siren. I know you wanted uh, to, uh, you had some questions for yeah. Stacy here. Hi, Hi. Hi. You look You're gorgeous. Beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering, what what is it about um, tribute performance that you like the most? What is it that fulfills you the most about doing, being a, a tribute performer? I think bringing back memories for people. Uh, that's really fun. You know, um, I can't tell you how many times um, with Marilyn Monroe, you know, people, the vets came and they have pictures of themselves and Marilyn in their wallets still. Oh, wow. um, they're, yeah. it, 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 it's teary-eyed sometimes. It really is. Um, you know, uh, people, of course, they, I would say Pat Benatar is probably my close second because, um, actually, I think she's my favorite uh, in, in overall to perform. Um Cause I just get to just sink my teeth into it. And yeah, I just, she rocks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just, and that's what I loved about Gretchen Wilson. Like I said, I don't get to do her too much anymore, but very similar. Um, uh, but Pat is uh, like here in the show, as you saw, um, people love to remember the eighties. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I have my, such know, a feel good line. decade. It really was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did a tribute performance, I think, uh, maybe like two years ago, and um, I was booked as Diana Ross and Tina Turner, and I, I just have to say, it was really tough, you know, trying to get to know that character, you know, the different movements and things like that, so I really applaud you for, you know, doing this night after night, that's amazing. <laughs> Thank you, that's very kind of you. It is, it's a different bird for sure, isn't it? It's uh. Yeah. It's a different, and people, I find that people, um, they come to the show, and it depends on the venue, of course, but I think with tribute uh, tribute work, they they really want you to succeed, yeah. but they're skeptical at mm -hmm. the same time. They're, so they're coming in with a negativity, I think, and then if you're good enough in the first 30 seconds, then they're like, oh, this is great. You know, you hope for that, that they, yeah. yes. that they like you. Um, and of course, I think as any actor, um, you, you want, you need to have your, you, well, you hope you have your own likability, something that you can bring to the table, uh, to keep their interest. Right. Because yeah. I've worked with a couple of people who I thought were fantastic, uh, you know, that had to have a little bit more, the original artist, I mean, they're legends for a reason, but they can rest on their name. Mm -hmm. They don't have to do anything. I mean, I've seen people like Neil Diamond just stand there and you're just like, Oh my God, Neil Diamond or, <laughs> or whatever. And they, they just right. don't, they don't have to, you know, people come to our show. They're like, show me what you got, you know, right though. I mean, like that's yeah. to be expected. Like you, you want, you really want them to be like the original. You want to forget that they're not the real one. Right. All right. Well, of course, legendsinconcert.com is the website to go to to check out all these great performers. You have shows in Branson, Missouri, Myrtle Beach, yes. South Carolina, which you're currently a part of, right, Stacy? Until September 5th, correct? Until September 5th. Yes, we're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina um, mm -hmm. until September 5th uh, with Cher and the Blues Brothers and um elvis and of course I'm, I'm like i'm missing someone that but that's because i do two people <laughs> <laughs> Aaron, Shania, and pat yeah awesome and, and, and where will you be after that well, right? 
Um, I'm going to be in Branson, Missouri, and I'll be doing Martina McBride and Marilyn Monroe. Wow, it's right. totally different, man. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but what a what a great show! Like the, um, you know, you, people have seen cheesy Elvis impersonators before, but uh, the Elvis <laughs> you guys, right. the Elvis you guys have um, in Legends is amazing. Uncle he does, Uncle he does <laughs> yeah, he does like the young Elvis and the older Elvis, and then right. you, got, you get the Blues Brothers, which are hilarious. They put in a great skit. You got Cher, yes. which is amazing. And she even brought somebody up from the audience to sing I Got You, Babe. And then, of course, you have Stacey here who did just an amazing job of Shania Twain and Pat Benatar. And you never would know it was her doing both um, both performers. So Gosh, definitely hats I, thank off you to for you. those kind words. Yes, definitely. Thank you so, so much. That's very sweet. And Stacey, do you have uh, some um, social media throughout for uh, fans to check you out? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, Stacey Witten Summers. S-T-A-C-E-Y-W-H-I-T-T-O-N. Summers, S-U-M-M-E-R-S, and that's on. Are, are you hireable for private events? I am. Yep. Oh, we're, we're all independent contractors. Um, I'm just super fortunate to uh, be able to work for Legends full time all these years. We, uh, I mean, just really fortunate. They've just been really good to awesome. me. Awesome. Yeah, Brian's Brian's pretty great. I got to talk to him for a while. He's a super nice guy. Yeah, isn't he? He's great. Yeah. He's great. The whole cast <laughs> is great. And you know, I think. The one thing that I love about doing a big show like this, as opposed to doing my own show, is I miss the camaraderie. You know, okay. I I I came from the theater world, like I said, and I there I love the smell of backstage. I love the way it <laughs> feels. I mean, there's just yeah. something to be said for you know, like you guys in radio. I mean, there's just some there's something yeah. that um, energy in the air. He said for that energy. Yeah, it's a buzz the whole to process. Well, who's, your, who's your closest friend on this? Um, this performance like do you and like um share go out to um yeah. probably, at the beach, probably at the beach down in myrtle beach and like <laughs> we work out together we beat each other up in the morning is what we do <laughs> what would you do if they didn't like they didn't take off the costume you didn't leave it on the theater like you're in a bar and you see share and pet benatar walk in and you lose your fucking mind <laughs> <laughs> Like well, you know, when you do events like that, people, when you do private events, we do a lot of yeah. corporate events and Lisa has her own show as well. And, um, we always talk about these, these events that we do and, and people do, I mean, there was one gig I did as Katy Perry, it was in Vegas and it was a corporate event. They flew me in for, you know, whatever it was. It was, a, and it was, um, I showed up and it was a bunch of 30, I would say 30 men in their thirties, um, uh, I forget what they were, stockbrokers of some sort, something like that. They are all in their suits. You can imagine that outside. And here comes Katy Perry, and I'm in this giant cotton candy tutu. And they were like, <laughs> one guy goes, are, are are you Wonder Woman? Like, I'm like, when has Wonder Woman ever worn a cotton candy? But he was, he was only, like, he was he was out of it. He was, like, 60. He didn't know okay, who Katy okay. Perry was. Oh, okay, yeah. He's not but, <laughs> but my point is that, that I took that, and so that's one of the jokes that I – that I use on stage now, as I say, you thought I was Wonder Woman, didn't you? And they yeah. always get a really big laugh. Um, but my point just being, I was this giant piece of candy, you know? I mean, yes. just yes. so bright colored or whatever in the middle of all these suits. And um, it is, they do just go, what's what's happening? <laughs> it's really funny. It is very funny. So people, people have seen you out um, wearing that and they think that you're actually that performer and that's for your autograph or pictures or whatever. You know, one time at NFR, uh, the National Federation Rodeo in in uh, in Las Va in Las Vegas, they do that every year. That's a huge event, and people come from all around the world there to uh, 
compete in that rodeo. And uh, one year I was doing Shania Twain in Legends and I went and did a promo and they drove me out on a truck with all the dancers right in the middle of the, the rodeo floor, yeah. the ring. And at the end afterwards, I mean, it, it got uncomfortable because they all thought I was her and they wanted me to sign autographs for their daughters. And uh, and that was that was hard because the, because they said, you know, I said, I'm not comfortable with this to the whoever was. Yeah, at the time. True. And he said, hey, they come from all around the world. If they want to believe you're Shania Twain. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the wrong answer. They just. <laughs> You don't want them putting it on eBay and saying it's Shania Twain's oh, autograph, right? Well, I always sign my name, of course. I write oh, my okay. name and then, Your actual and then name. you know, okay. AKA Shania. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you would That's awesome. forging yeah. someone's name, but it yeah. was, it was, that was actually a, that was fun to uh, be mistaken because that's job security, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, awesome. Well, Stacy, wow, this is an amazing interview. Thank you so much for a, for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. And before we let you go, if you could let us know who you are, um, throw out a plug for Legends in Concert. And if there's any way you can do a Pat Benatar yes. you know, bar of a song, maybe, or whatever you are able to do <laughs> at the end. That would be awesome. You can. What'd you say about Shania Twain? You can do like a little bar from like a Pat Benatar song and then do a Shania Twain song. Okay. Like a, just a line. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Hi, I'm Stacy Witten Summers, and I portray Pat Benatar and Shania Twain in Legends in Concert. Presently, we are in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, at the Legends in Concert Theater. You can go to legendsinconcert.com to find out showtime. Um, hit me with your best shot. Why don't you hit me with your best shot? Because it's still I want to run to, one that I belong to. You're still the one I want for life. Phenomenal. Oh, you should say listen to Below the Belt Show at the end, right now? Oh, yes, yeah, Stacey, say you're on Below the Belt Show. And we'll add it in. Um, here on the Below the Belt Show. Awesome. There we awesome. go. Like a pro. Like a pro. I never thought in my life I would hear Shania Twain's voice coming out of Pat Benatar's body. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was curious I why you wanted Shania team, when she's dressed like Pat, you know? Um, I should have done. For the radio. For the radio, though. Yeah. I hope it works. I, I mean, I could sing awesome. something else. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, it's perfect. <laughs> you want me to do Heartbreaker and No One Needs to Know so you can plug that in? Yeah, you can. Yeah. What the heck? Right. Let's do it. Twist our arms. Twist our arms. You're a heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker, don't you mess around me. You're a heartbreaker, dream maker, love taker, don't you mess around me. Yes, yes. And yes. then we go in, use yeah. that one, will you? Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, oh, I'm a dreamer, stupid. I think I've been hit back to you, but ever no one needs to know right now. That might be a better switch. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Wow. Stacey, you're amazing in so many ways. Thank yeah. you so much. You guys are all so beautiful yeah. and you have such shining spirits and what a Thank fun you. time. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you definitely so see Stacy. That's just in concert, Myrtle Beach up until September 5th to make sure you get down there and see her. Yes. And then go to Bronson, yeah. Missouri. Yes. To see her in September. <laughs> That's right. Awesome.
Thank you so much. Good luck on your careers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Kisses. Thank you. See ya. Ciao. Bye-bye. Ciao. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. How do I get off? Okay, here we go. Here it goes. The red button. Hit the end button should do it. Yeah. Oh, wow. What an incredible, incredible interview, Chachi. I think it's a good time to take a classic cut break. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So should we play Chachi's theme song? Of course. Absolutely. People love that theme. Okay, so here we go. It's Chachi's Classic Cut. I'm forking Chachi's Classic Cuts. Holla at your boy. Chachi's yeah, that's right. Chachi in charge once again for Chachi's Classic Cut, where each and every week I go into our cassette tape archive and pick out a song, usually from the 80s or 90s. And this week is no exception. But um, I know, Al, we have a news bit to go along with this week's cut. If you Yeah, let's, 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 let's go ahead and scroll over to that if I can. <laughs> so we've lost a, a, a rock and roll legend, guys. Um, Joseph Dusty Hill, ZZ Top's bassist for more than 50 years. Imagine being a bass player for 50 years in a band. Oh, yeah. Sadly died. Um, no cause of death was cited. Um, he passed away uh, at his home um, in his sleep. So a lot of uh, ZZ Top fans across the world will miss your presence, your good nature, and enduring commitment to providing the the monumental bottom to to the top. Yeah, and like um you're definitely an iconic um band, you know, ZZ Top. I mean, I think everybody knows um other songs like She's Got Legs, um yes. Sharp Dress Man, like so many great hits, especially from the eighties. And um, you know, he might be um, you know, the two um more backup guys in the band, you know, not the lead singer, but um they're probably more well known as the iconic ZZ Top look just because of their, you know, hat, shades, and beard that they wear. Beard that um that he has um you know he had along with um who was it was it um Barry um Lee Gibbons Lee Gibbons is the other one with in the beard with a long beard. And what happened was I heard like one time they went on a tour and they were done the tour and they both went home for a while, took a nice long break. The next time they saw them, saw each other, um, both of the guys with the, you know, both of the guys had a beard, a long beard, and they <laughs> thought it was so funny. They ended up keeping that look and made wow. it as part of the um, signature, you know, the iconic static signature of yes. ZZ Top, you know. So like whenever yeah. you see that beard and the glasses and the hat, you know that's ZZ Top. So they're probably even more well known than the lead singer, just because of their look. So I decided to take a song from ZZ Top, um, not one of the biggest songs that they had, but this song was actually from the movie. Back to the Future Part 3. Oh, wow. Okay. This is a song, Double Back, which was um, released in 1990, um, you know, the year that Back to the Future 3 came out. And during the film, the band actually is in, uh, the band's actually in Back to the Future Part 3, and they play a, like a country right. acoustic yes. version of this song, Double Back. And then they actually play the song, um, the, the real song, Double Back, at the end of the movie during the credits. So I thought that was pretty cool, um, being a, such a huge Back to the Future fan. So this is um, the song Double Back by ZZ Top. All and, right. You know, rest in peace.
Rest in peace, uh, Dusty Hill. Dusty Hill, yeah. We'll be back right after the classic cut. So here we go. Yeah, that was ZZ Top. That was, uh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, rest in peace, Dusty Hill. Definitely appropriate for sure. Definitely, and the, the appropriate cut. And like, they were currently on a tour right now too, like a, a big tour that was going to go for months. So I wonder, you know, if they're going to be able to like keep the band going after his death. Yeah, that's a good point. That's the thing. Like some members are just irreplaceable. They can't continue. Like the BC Boys, for instance, have not um, resumed touring since MCA sadly passed away due to cancer. Right. Um, so, so certain acts just can't go on. Uh, yeah, so, Zeppelin, so, man. Zeppelin lost Bonham, and that was it. Right. Like not even a discussion. That's another example. Lincoln Park, another example. So yeah, some some acts you lose a, a key member, and it just cannot go on. Sadly. Um, but let's uh, let's go back into the world of entertainment as uh, we were uh, um, we have a lot to discuss and then bring up um, just wrapping up some movie stuff here. So the Steven Spielberg biopic of sorts is not an exactly biopic, but it's more of a semi-autobiographical film. Yeah. Um, they added some uh, very uh, interesting um, veteran cast members and Judd Hirsch. You guys knew who Judd Hirsch is from Taxi? Oh. No. Yeah. 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 He's he's a an iconic actor. Um, yeah, he was the face of Taxi, other than Danny DeVito. Um, Question I, for you. Well, by the way, for Back to the Future, Christopher Lloyd was on Taxi as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, Reverend. Reverend yeah, Jones. yeah, he he was great in that. Yeah. Is, so is Spielberg directing his own biopic? It has an excellent question. Um, but I believe he is only producing the film. Okay. I, I was, I was like, I'm not sure we're going to get, <laughs> we're not going to get an unbiased slant. Like, <laughs> yeah. If, if I was putting together the story of Martin Lopez, I would make myself look way cooler. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a good point. Well, it's, well, the working title is called the Fablemans, which I have no idea what the origin of that is. And then you have, um, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano who are playing Spielberg's Late mother and father. Seth Rogen is playing Spielberg's favorite favorite uncle. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, interestingly enough, I, I don't believe because um, I thought that was so interesting with the with the Apple guy, the Steve Jobs. Like a lot of people, his family and a lot of people were butt hurt that they made him look mean in the film. And I was like, dude, every story I've ever heard is he is not a nice guy. Like really smart, but a right. dick to people. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I watched I watched a very cool documentary about um, Spielberg and his whole life and him getting started in the industry. And he actually like he actually took a, a tour of the back lot uh, for Universal Studios in California. And I think he went like two days to go to the back back lot. And he came back the third day, and he kind of just walked in and waited to the security guard. And they waited them in, thinking that yep. they, he worked there because I think this must have been like more of a walking tour back then than they have like the shuttle nowadays. 
but he just kept on sneaking back to the lot and started working. You know, without ever being hired, he just started working. Yeah. And like the director, I walked up to the director, like, "What should I do?" And the director put him to work, thinking that he worked there. He totally kind of like did a whole like con job, you know, having people think that he actually was employed. <laughs> and yeah. like he told a funny story, like one of the guys kind of like joked on him and like made him go into this one room where Marlon Brando was, and Marlon Brando was actually in the room like changing with butt naked. And started yelling at Spielberg for coming in as this, this young kid, probably like 16 years old or so, walking on Marlon Brando completely naked. But yeah, he like kind of <laughs> just like, he kind of just like forces his way into the industry. So imagine like what would have happened if he never like took those steps and like took those chances of kind of mm-hmm. like basically conning his way into this iconic director that we see nowadays. Yeah. It was pretty it's incredible. Just, interestingly enough, um, just to fact check, yes, Steven Spielberg is directing The Fablements. Okay. So he's producer right. and directing, and who who would, I, if, who would know his life a, better than the person himself, right? That's what I'm saying. If, if there's a guy I trust to do it legit, I mean, it's, I mean, that guy just everything he touches turns to gold. Just classic movie after classic movie after you know timeless like he's, yes, and multiple genre too, right? Like he doesn't have just one wheelhouse. Like you're right. When you go to when you go to see a Frank Miller film, you know what you're going to go see. When you go see a Zack Snyder film, you know what you're going to see. He does. Yes. epic alien shit then he does like a cute Serious movie dramas. about like four eight-year-old friend like he works with kids seriously like right his comedic stuff is great yep from yeah. the blockbusters yeah. to the serious oscar action adventure you know he's got indiana jones does it on all the belt. Yeah, and, you know all. the best part is that he has integrity like he could easily like be like all right i'm doing et part two and make a shit right. of money but he doesn't do that like it's incredible has he ever done a sequel like not um, to et no, no, I know E.T., but like if, for if you movie. count the uh, the Indiana Jones trilogy, then right. okay. Indiana okay. Jones, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so other movies based on actual events. Um, this is based on the Codebreaker, Jennifer Doudna, Gene editing the future of the human race. Um, it's about Jennifer Doudna, the Nobel Prize winning scientist and co-inventor of CRISPR technology. Um, which rewrites and edits human genes in the code of life. So yeah, we're we're changing the human genome. It's going to go terribly wrong. This is how we die. Yes. So this could be a very interesting film. Um, which is this? Uh, wow. So the Project Reenix, um, the director with uh, and the producer from Steve Jobs. Oh, which we were Steve just Jobs. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> interesting. The biography stuff. Steve Jobs is. Yeah, but this like this is happening. Water's right now. going in the wrong hole. Sorry. Yeah. Excuse me. Hey man, it happens. There's a wrong first, hole joke in there somewhere. Yeah, not the first time you had that happen. Yeah, there you go. See, wait, I knew I did. But yeah, like there's a an international moratorium on using CRISPR to do this, and of course humans don't listen to what they're told. So like a few Chinese scientists have already done it. They said they kept the experiment contained. Like some other people online, like it's really simple technology to use. Like it's not complicated. Um, and then there's one really like sort of protesty scientist that wants us to edit humanity. So he's already like publicly injected himself once or twice because he's an activist in the source issue. But like you can see both sides. This could be, if, this could go both ways. Very, it could, right. Who's, who's this based on? Humanity or destroy humanity when you're right. editing the human genome. Who is this based on? Um, her name is um, an actual person. Um, name um, Jennifer Doudna, and it's a book uh, called The Code Breaker. Yeah. 
But like, it's a great question because if we can find the marker for leukemia or cancer and get rid of it, why wouldn't you do that, right? Why wouldn't you have a kid exactly. born without that? The problem is whatever changes we make will get passed on to people's kids and kids and kids. So we're not mother nature. We don't know, you know, dominant to recessive traits, or whatever. If we right, put right. a mistake in there with the best of intentions, yeah. you can never get it back out of the human continuum, right? You pass on a mistake, a genetic flaw for all time. Right. And, and you, you know, some asshole from like Russia or somewhere is going to end up trying to edit something to make it like some kind of super soldier or whatever. 100%. That's, how, that's, how it's all gonna, that's how it's all gonna end. Yeah, oh, we no, know how no. this is gonna go, right? You're gonna yeah, get the yeah. red skull, and the rest of us are born yeah. with it's one leg. Basically, and... the super serum. Is basically <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, more um, actual events being produced in the film includes the story of Emmett Till. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with this. Oh, this is such such a powerful, um, you know, sad story. But it's about Mamie Till Mobley, who led a pursuit for justice for a 14 year old son. Um following his gruesome member who was and his son was accused of offending a white woman in a grocery store um and uh, they're going to actually produce a biopic um and star daniel deadweiler will be in it she was in watchmen the uh, hbo series and also whoopi goldberg has been attached to this as well yeah yeah they, they actually went in like um yeah he was accused of like um yeah cat calling a white woman yeah and they actually um had some people white people go to his house and like take him from this house and like kill him and like, i believe throw him in a river oh, and they and they actually went horrible. like for his he was so disfigured when they found him you know from being in the water they actually had an open casket because they wanted yes. all the papers the papers to take a picture of him that way they could see what horrible stuff oh. that racist stuff does and they it really helped the civil rights movement by people seeing, like, you know, around the world that it brought so much shame that this something like this happened. And I, I was reading a story about, like, that his house where, either, I think it was a store where it happened at is, like, actually still around, but it's like, all decaying and it's, like, kind of, like, you know, fenced off and everything now, but people yeah. were trying to um, save it as, like, a historical, like, civil rights landmark. But um, it might yeah. be too late. Last time I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, and I don't believe this has been made into um, a feature film yet. So this is a, definitely a story that needs to be shown for audiences. Um, did you uh, did you hear Bill Burr's bit on that? The 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 white women versus the woke movement. No, yeah. no what, what was Bill's take it on makes this? Makes a beautiful point. So so he goes he goes, you know, I'm a super white guy. I'm trying to fix my ways. He's like, but what white women did was bullshit. He's like, the woke movement was supposed to be about minorities, and it was for like three seconds. Yeah. Where white chicks hopped defense of oppression and got in line and said that they were treated worse than anybody. He's like, right. no, you did it. He's like, for centuries, you rolled around in blood money just like everybody else. And when you wanted to sleep with a black guy, you told everyone it wasn't consensual. That's what you did. You're bad <laughs> people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's a genius. He's like, sit down next to me and get your lecture. We need to all do better. <laughs> Sometimes he tells the truth, guys. <laughs> um, so they're thinking of remaking House Party. No, don't, don't. No, why? Jesus, can't they the just leave stuff? The iconic yeah. kid and play movie. Would you? You wouldn't like to see this redone? Was, it was. It was a great film. We don't want to see it ruined. Like I don't want them to redo the Princess Bride. I don't want them to, you know. Princess Bride's it. one that they should not touch. Absolutely. It, but they were talking about it like six months ago. Um, I know. I think they actually decided to, to throw that, hang that one up. Because we all got angry about it. All social media went, stop yeah. it. 
Well, it's going to star the chi, the Chi star, Jacob Lattimore, and I guess a white guy. No, he's not a white guy. But Stephen, a race switch. No, they would never do that. Uh, Stephen <laughs> Glover and Jamal Alori um, were the writers of Atlanta, the TV show Atlanta. They wrote a script for the new version, which will follow young people at a house party that goes terribly, horribly wrong. I mean, I don't think you know what just call it something else. You know, you don't need to call it a house party. I know they're doing it for marketing yeah. and they're doing it for people like I remember house party. I'll go see it. But I mean, it kind of I hate when they piggyback off the originals that, you know, it was a. I mean, I'm trying to think it was the second house party even good. I know there's, there's probably it was like four of them. I think, I think there's three. There's at least three. three, I think there's at least three, three or four of them. Yeah. Like part one was <laughs> I don't great, remember that. Yeah. <laughs> but one movie that they're play. giving up on Chachi, you sent me is Die Hard 6. Yeah. Poorly, that film has been scrapped. So they're oh, moving forward with already. House Party, but they're axing, you know, Die Hard Six. <laughs> yeah, um, LeBron James is one of the producers of this House Party. And LeBron James is attached to the House Party. Okay, he's a, he's a producer. Well, if he's a yeah, if he's a producer, and yeah, you know, you know he can act from Space Jam Legacy. Come on, oh, that's, that's, that's debatable. That's debatable. <laughs> <laughs> We know, like, we know I, he has I way more. I mean, he was about as good as Michael Jordan was. Michael yeah, Jordan right. was that good, you know. I mean, the thing about the thing about Space Jam is it's for children. It does not. It was not made you need Oscar for us nostalgic uh, yeah. grown-ups. It was made. It's a movie for children. Yeah, so you can't really for, read too hard into it, you know. Yeah, but it's for children. But they but they pick it back off of the original, which you know the people who grew up as children and now as adults. Like the, the children now. Showing their kids, right, yeah. Don't even know about Michael it. Jordan about sucked it. in Space Jam too. You watch. <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> you wash your whore mouth. I can <laughs> really go for a nice McJordan right now for McDonald's. Oh boy, it was a but, fun film. It was a fun film. But I heard, Bill Murray I heard, made another great cameo. Another Bill Murray cameo. I heard. I heard LeBron James is playing the house in House Party on um, the new reboot. Is, that <laughs> is he playing the house? I mean, I'm sure a siren would like to go into that house, right? Uh, no, thank you. Okay, that's what's up. Okay, okay. No, thanks. I'll pass. Let's you're, move on to Disney. Yeah, well, <laughs> Disney Plus stuff. So it's interesting. There's a YouTuber that actually improved the um, CG effects of young Luke Skywalker in the Ooh. insane season two finale of The Mandalorian. Um, A lot of people thought that the CG for young Luke was good, but not great. But this YouTuber apparently improved it so much that Lucasfilm and ILM, Industrial Light and Magic, actually (laughs) hired him. They hired this YouTuber. His name is Shamook. um, And gave him a job to probably improve the rest of uh, the franchises going forward. And it's interesting, he actually, on his YouTube channel, has a deep fake of young Harrison Ford replaced with Alden Ehrenreich in Solo, a Star Wars story. And uh-huh. I just like, they should have just went with this technology, right? Chachi, you would have been so happy with that if you saw this. Because I know you complained that Alden Ehrenreich looked nothing like Harrison Ford in Young Solo. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so he, and he did an incredible job by de-aging Harrison Ford and... Just replacing him over Alden. He did the very same thing with Star Wars New video. Hope. Watch the video? Yeah, I did. And in Star Wars New Hope, he took Ewan McGregor and aged him 
so it will be consistent with the oh, other interesting. movies and replaced with Sir Alex Guinness. But of course, that will probably have a lot of complaints if that that version ever makes. You know it what out. other company uh, did that? Because uh, I was watching a documentary on Nintendo and like. They kept yeah. interviewing all these people over the years that, like, hacked the system, cracked the games, did weird things. And they all thought they were going to get sued. And Nintendo, like, called and hired all of them. Like, anytime <laughs> they did something awesome, they're like, you work for us now. Here we go. Yeah, they have them in the, and they've got a job out of it. And some of these are just, like, kids, just geeks in the basement. They're, yeah, no, there's, there's two guys that made Star Fox. They did it by, like, hacking uh, oh, one right. of the, like, red 3D things. And they're That's like, right. you know. We got told we had to, like, they got on a plane to fly to Japan. Like, we thought we were in so much trouble. Like, we were in the room five minutes, and Miyamoto was like, so how did you do this? This was really interesting. We liked your idea. Because <laughs> that was, that, Star Fox, was that not one of the first 3D um, video games? Yeah, that was an amazing game. Yeah. yeah. Polygon. Yeah. And, and it was one of the first ones. For Super yeah, Nintendo, right? Anything. Super Nintendo, yes. Yeah. Yep, yeah, exactly. So cool. Oh, man. All right. So the Hawkeye, one of the upcoming uh, Disney Plus series, has a premiere date of November 24th. Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld will uh, be in it. As you know, uh, we already know that Florence Pugh will be appearing because they hinted that at the end credits of Black Widow <laughs> after uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus's character showed um, Florence Pugh, Yelena, a photo of Hawkeye, and he was the per- person responsible for killing your sister, so... Look for her to make an appearance. That should be pretty cool. Um, now, interestingly enough, Disney Plus wants to add more adult content, not adult like content porn? you're thinking. Not oh. porn. No but penetration. More, more entertainment um, aimed geared towards adults because they don't want to be a kid's streaming service. You're talking dramas. Dramas, yes. Because it's the only way they're going to beat Netflix. That's the only way. They have to do stuff like this. Yeah, so they're going to add something called a mar- marriage murder series called Wedding Seats. Wedding season. It's an eight-part original uh, for Disney Plus's uh, international home for grown-up dramas. Okay. Um, so they gave, they gave it a kid's name. It's a little kid's name for the grown-up section. Yeah. <laughs> the international home for grown-up dramas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, an eight-year-old. You know the kids are going to go to that section for well, sure. Disney's always been Disney's always been great with um, their adult stuff. Anyways, I mean, it's just been under different um, companies that, you know, it's been under yeah. like Touch, Touchstone, like they did Golden Girls, you know, and that was like adult humor that still holds up to, to today. So they, yeah, they did Pretty Woman. Yeah, yeah. Pretty Woman's a Disney movie. Is that a Disney Yeah. You know. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Disney right. movie about Richard Gere buying a, a prostitute he really liked for a whole week. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's disney <laughs> uh let's see over on netflix so they just dropped the trailer for army of thieves so this is the prequel of army of the dead Zack snyder's army of the dead all about the safe cracking genius ludwig dieter who is matthias schweighofer um as you know they can't do a sequel they'll only have one returning customer so they have to do a prequel because yeah. <laughs> everybody sadly had died um I wanted that movie to be good. It just wasn't good. I thought it was fun. I, I liked it. Was it was a fun. I ride. thought there was there was a hard line. I really liked the first 25 30 minutes. I thought the intro was hilarious. Yeah. Clever you at the camera. But then like about halfway through nothing made sense anymore. And at the end, you know, all and a lot of it yeah. a lot of it had to do with replacing Chris Delia with Tig Notaro. Oh, I didn't know just, that happened. It just it was just very it just seemed very disjointed. Yeah, because as you know, Chris Delia was was canceled because of his accusations of flirting with underage women. Uh, Uh, 
you know, alleged, you know, hey, you're 17, that's hot. Supposedly screenshots. <laughs> so they wanted to cancel him. They, 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 all, they wanted to cancel him, so they wanted to erase him for the entire movie. So they put comedian Tignataro over every instance of Cristalia on a green screen. I was wondering what was going on. I, yeah, it, it, yeah, that makes so much yeah. more sense. I, I'm I had like, no idea that. Chop. Right, and then you couldn't even tell that Taco Titty was superimposed in there either. Taco Titty? Yeah. Tignataro. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taco <laughs> Titty is a tell, great right? name. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme has a movie on Netflix called The Last Mercenary. And they actually had a sneak peek at the San Diego Comic-Con at home, as it was a virtual edition. Um, Van Damme still – I watched the trailer. He's still showing his his action star prowess. And the man is getting a up there in age. But, yeah, uh, he's in great shape. And in great shape. Yeah, I had no idea he was hilarious. Did any of you guys watch his series on Amazon Prime? I John did watch it. I watched a couple episodes because we had an actress from that show, Kat Foster. Dude. Like I was iffy on the episode one. The rest of it is hilarious, and it just yes. funnier and funnier as you go. I yes, that funny. Yeah, talented cat. It, it was actually pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, he's only sixty years old. He's not that old. Six years old, right? Yeah. But, I mean, for an action star, it is getting a little up. There. Right, right. And for wow. all the eighties action stars that are still like, God bless them, they're doing movies as old guys. Like he looks still the most jacked. Right. Yeah, he does. He does. He's still like big and ripped and everything. I don't know how exactly. How he looks yeah, better than Steven Seagal. Right. Uh, yes, yeah. and sadly Sly as well. Oh, um, Sly, was, Sly was good though. I don't know. Sly was good. Did you see the recent paparazzi pick? I don't know, but w- okay. whatever it was, it's I mean, it's, give, it's different. Give him two weeks and he'll be back in. <laughs> okay. Shape. Yeah. You, yeah. You say, you say, hey Sly, you got a movie in two weeks. He'll come out all like jacked up and. Oh stuff. yeah, that's true. Him and the Rambo. Yeah, the the Rock's great. Yeah, I look way better on camera all the time. I like, you know, they're gonna, it's forever. So you watch your diet, you do the thing. Right, right. Yeah. Different. <laughs> you need prep time. Paparazzi picks you, you're caught in the act. Yeah. Yeah, the, you're right. It's never flattering. So you should never judge on that. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda's got an animated musical called Vivo on Netflix. The um, trailer just dropped for that called Vivo. Zoe Saldana, one of the voice actresses. Michael Rooker, also one of the voice actors as well. Check that out. Um, there's gonna they're gonna have a live Pokemon series on Netflix based on the wildly popular trading card and video games. Um, and of course, this comes from the success of Detective Pikachu in t- 2019. Um, so it'll Which be a hybrid. We all saw all of yeah. us definitely saw. Yes, that. I watched it with my nephew actually. Did you? <laughs> yes, I did. I did. He loves some Pikachu. Yeah. <laughs> I've never um, seen anything Pokemon, like not one single thing. <laughs> if I'm watching with my nephew, then I will watch Pokemon. Um, and there's an animated series for adults on Netflix called Chicago Party Aunt, inspired by uh, Chris Watoski's Twitter account of the same name. Okay, I have no idea what it is, but I guess it's some um, aunt that likes to get down. Um, check it out. <laughs> Netflix uh, does have some avant-garde stuff. Like they put out some shows yes. that are weirdest thing I saw Weird, in there. With right? it's relatively new. This is like the last two or three years. It's an anime called B Stars. Anybody seen this thing? No, no. Wait, is that the Beast? That's not Sexy Beast, is it? No, it's B Stars. Okay, yeah, Sexy Beast is the dating show where they dress up as demons. But no, I don't yeah. Know. So I'll do this quick, not to ruin your flow. 
but no, like it's no, basically no, it's a world where like animals are walking around. So you got like foxes and rabbits or whatever, and they're high school kids and they go to school, whatever, blah blah blah. But they don't lie about like who's carnivore and who's an herbivore, and whatever. So like most of the time, the rabbits hang out with the horses, and you know, then the the tigers and the wolves like they all hang out because they're meat eaters. But it, you're not supposed to eat the other. Even carnivores are supposed to keep their shit in check. And you're right. like, oh, this is, this is what that's going to be about. No, the whole show is about BDSM fucking. Because Holy shit. I shit you not. At some point, like, this wolf and this rabbit, like, fall for each other. And he just doesn't know if he can, so like, weird. stop from ripping her apart whilst they're banging. And they have talks about it because she likes being roughed up by bigger animals. And I'm just thinking, what is happening on the screen right now? It's like I was sausage like, party. Yeah, like some, yeah, I was like, some, some, like, some, you know, overworked single mom is going to, like, look at the feeling like, oh, it's fine. It's animals playing with each other. And then there's endless therapy that needs to happen to this eight-year-old. <laughs> at, at one point. The rabbit and the wolf, like, they rent a hotel room because they've got, like, their rules in place. And, like, the last thing he asks her is, like, what if I can't control myself? And she says something along the lines of, it's fine. I just want to satisfy you. So whether that's, Aww. like, sexually or being eaten, Aww. like, I'll be happy. And I'm like, no, This is on Netflix. It's just I'm so on odd. Netflix. And I thought Netflix was weird for so- having something called Sweet Tooth, which is all about you know, half- Half human, half animal baby, uh, um, uh, which is actually based on a, a comic book. It's um, a really good show. You've watched it, yeah? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah, they just got yeah. renewed for season two. Yeah, it's it's like a future dystopia. Humanity ruined itself by messing around with science stuff, and then all of a sudden these half animal, half babies start showing up. And then it's wow. like right at birth, so it comes out like. And it's not half and half. It's like eighty percent human with twenty percent. So every day have like small characteristics. So like because the uh, human like is more dominant. Exceptions like all of a sudden people just got pregnant and like suddenly pregnant. Wasn't it? Wasn't that the one? They weren't. They weren't fucking animals. All babies. Yeah, no, no, all no, babies no. coming out that way. So like no more, no more human babies were ever born. Like all babies from that point forward were like part animal tendencies and and. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, so it's yeah. It talks about the Great Crumble, which re- wreaked havoc on the world and led a mysterious emergence of hybrids, babies born part human, part animal. Yeah, wow, and it came with a global wild. pandemic too. A plague pops up, and so ah. there's all kinds of discussions about inclusivity and alternate perspective and identity because everyone thinks that the new hybrids caused the disease that's wiping out the human race. Wow! Next thing you know, they're going to tell the Delta variant's going to have you grow an extra arm or something it's just gonna right. <laughs> something crazy god forbid of course um we mentioned paris hilton's cooking show on netflix can you believe she has a cooking show on netflix that's hot, <laughs> uh, hot. they just dropped the trailer and it shows her making lasagna and all these different dishes and um kim kardashian she, is gonna guest she star. The, do they suck the sausage pregnant, while they're the cooking it does she suck what the sausage while they're cooking it? Yes. Yes. Do, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but Paris Hilton just came out yesterday and said that she's pregnant with her first baby. Who is Who? Paris? Paris Hilton is pregnant with oh, her first wow. baby. No, actually, that it, I, I, I fact-checked that one. Paris uh, actually said that was a rumor. Okay. Ah, they yep. said it on oh, the Oh, journalism. Look crazy. at that. Yeah. It's out here as a professional. I saw that sex tape, and that was like one of the laziest lays I've ever seen. So uh, I'd be surprised if she could get could, yeah. a, guy, a, guy, a guy could get her pregnant. 
Ah, so <laughs> calculating. Remember, answering the phone during sex and stuff, and started talking on the phone. Remember? Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Siren, do you have to get going? Say it again. Siren, do you have to get going? I just got a text from you. Yeah, you have to get going. They're calling me at the restaurant. I okay. Siren's oh, wow. co-hosting from a restaurant. Isn't it amazing? That that's her dedication. <laughs> Are you really? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, but I have to get going because um, we're doing. Uh, I work with the the karaoke DJ here, and um, you know, I'm a I'm a hostess and I'm a party starter, so they want yes. me to get back to work. Well, we appreciate we'll get you. Get the party uh, started, Siren. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Right. Oh yeah! <laughs> Siren, thank you so much for joining us here on Below the Belt Show. And thank you. You guys have a great night. with your talent and your beauty. Thank you. I love you guys. Bye. Bye, Siren. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> and uh, over on HBO Max, a second Black Superman project is in the works. So Michael, oh, thank God, Jordan thank God, is work. Yeah, if there wasn't enough Superman's confusion, right? Michael B. Jordan is working on a limited series for HBO Max that's based on the now Val Zod version of the <laughs> character. So this is so this is cool. So this is not you're not redoing Kal El. This right. is another Kalian named Val Zod. You know and. Um, you know who's See, from and that's, and that's so. cool. Like fanboys yes. like me, we have no problem with that, right? Put it in the same universe, address those characters, but like make something new, right? Don't take something yes. that people loved for decades and rework and it. Rework it. Thank right, you. Right, right. It, right? Like you can yes. do both, right? They have some explaining to do because supposedly Supergirl and Superman it. were all the only survivors of Krypton after it exploded, but they're gonna have to explain where. Val Zod was hiding the whole time. So oh, they can do it, I'm man. I'm sure they will do that. Capsule, that blah, 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 blah. Yes, yeah, so many planets in the universe, you know. I'm sure they can come up with that. So that Is should it, be pretty cool. I'm sorry, either of you guys seen the new Masters of the Universe? I have seen the trailer, but I it's on my watch list. They, they kill He-Man and Skeletor. Like, Wait, hold on. That, that's a, yeah, that's a big, has nothing to do with that. That's a big spoiler. <laughs> what, no, you just seen it five minutes like, in. Um, yeah, the spoiler is like ruins the end of the movie. Like as soon as you turn this thing on, um, and yeah, so they like everybody that was excited to see this thing that they were you know loved as a kid. It's now not that at all, right? They just they wipe them out real quick, and it's all like girl power from there on. Like a female character and evil Lynn literally have like a chat about how like they were both dumb for listening to stupid men for so long, and they're so much wow, better yeah, really? like, guys out of the way. Oh and I'm like, my god, yeah, this so. is Kevin Smith. To Kevin Smith is supposed to be. Yeah, he's supposed Kevin. to embrace fan what the fans want because yeah, he's, he's a big he's fan himself. Book nerd, he's they, I trusted him he, to take care of it. Yeah, and the fact did. that he's thrown such a curveball into that franchise is just yeah. well, that's didn't, crazy. He didn't I see. I didn't know that. Right? He no, himself. yeah. They, well, I mean, according to you know, who knows what magic can happen, everything. But I'm like, right on the topic of reworking something you love. They came out of the whole series called He Man, and they took He Man out of it. You know, and <laughs> I heard from what I read, I heard that they um, because the season split in two parts, right? Yeah. And I heard the second half of the season is going to focus a lot more on He Man. Yeah, like, that, like something, uh, something okay. I, don't, I don't know why they're building okay, up. Okay, so they're going to explain what what you you alluded what, to. What, they, what I've read at least, I don't know if that's true. I haven't watched the show. Okay. Yeah, I watched it. So we, yeah. we, we definitely have to watch uh, Master of the Universe shots. But they already right? had they already had no. I'm not going to watch it. But they already had. You're not um, going to watch it? No, right? no. No, because they already had She-Ra, so like, there's no reason to like. Yeah, exactly. 
Feminize He-Man or whatever they want to say they want to do. Like, well, I figured you're gonna watch it when they when they pick up from He-Man in the second half. I don't know. I, I guess assuming uh, he's back, I I don't know if he's coming back, gentlemen. I don't know, but I, I read that fans weren't happy about uh, Kevin's yeah. mistake on it. And, and this is why we're talking about yeah. like don't. You, you know, if you have an idea or you want to take a new angle, you can do that with a spinoff new show. But you, right. nobody wants, you know, whatever that thing is that they found interesting or like, nobody wants that written over. Nobody wants that messed yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. It just exactly. everybody before you take a property that people loved and try to change it. Watch Cobra Kai. I always say that, you know, these people respected the fans. They did what the fans wanted. They expanded the universe. But they respected the original characters. Respected the OGs. And like so many people don't do that nowadays when they just snatch a property up. And, and let's hope like, let's hope they do this with the next Ghostbusters movie for sure. And it'll oh, well, they are. Yeah, yeah, they, they are. are exactly. That trailer had like what, like eight little Easter egg throwbacks in it just with the trailer. Exactly. That's what makes us happy. Exactly. That's what they got to do. Yeah, seeing the um, one again. Yeah, it's amazing. Yep. <laughs> let's see there's a series uh called the human conditions by the watchman and leftover showrunner damon lindelof uh also teaming up with matt reeves from the new batman movie with rob pattinson it's called a magical realist medical drama a medical drama with magic in it crazy where a young british doctor must learn to treat impossible illnesses by healing the emotional issues that underlie them Interesting. Okay. Oh, so these people all like imagine themselves sick. It sounds like it. it sounds very, very deep. Um, but um, um, aren't they just called psychologists though? If they're emotional issues, but <laughs> they're not really. They don't really need uh, medical doctors for that. But uh, it's like this: is how um, we're going to cure cancer? Tell me about your mother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not sure that one's going to go. Um, the Terminal List with Chris Pratt has just added a new cast member to the upcoming series, uh, Jai Courtney. And of course, Chris Pratt is playing a Navy SEAL. So, um, <laughs> uh, let's see. Also on Amazon, a Wheel of Time TV series. Yes. Um, that's, you know about this show, huh? What it, oh, it's, it's one of the most successful fantasy series of all time. Like, okay. Nothing can really touch Lord of the Rings. The Wheel of Time is 12 1,000-page books long. Wow, so it's All good. Right. So they're, they're, yeah. they're working on the you second guys, season. Yeah. And you've already, you've already watched the first season? No, I, I I didn't know it was out. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry, you're coming. right. Sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally, totally wrong here. See, see my journalism? See, see my fact-checking? It's not out yet. They're already hard at work at season two. They haven't released season one already. Sorry. Here's, here's uh, but a fun it, book. But it premieres in November. Okay. Fun Behind the Bell exclusive. Like Lord of the Rings, this is one of the things that, like, made piles of money and has mountains of fans, just millions of fans, but was so complex they couldn't shoot it. You know, like, the early Lord of the Ring movies, the animated movies, they don't don't get there as much as Lord of the Rings fans, but, like, the Peter Jackson finally could do it. This property was so valuable that – I forgot whoever had it at the time, but when they bought it, they didn't make it for X amount of years. And the way Hollywood works is there's like a lease on that uh, material. So if you don't use it, then it goes back up for bid or whatever. Yes. They they couldn't make it, but they didn't want to give it up. So they filmed one episode, and apparently it's terrible. They just randomly cast a couple guys oh, as whatever. And I, I found okay. this thing on YouTube, and this thing ran at like 
2 a.m. on a Tuesday so that nobody would see it. And a company went through all that hassle just to maintain just to the keep, right. To keep the, the property. Yeah. They made a shitty pilot. Basically. Yeah, it's like the Star Wars Christmas special, and they just ran through it real the quick. Holiday to make sure special. They okay, okay. Property. Oh, wow. Yes, but I stand corrected, Martin. Yes, um, they're already hard at work at season two. Season one drops this November. So. Oh, that's awesome. I, so, dude, if it's good, that's going to be Game of Thrones level. A 14-novel fantasy series. Oh, yeah. Lots of source material. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I know what you did last summer. A uh, TV series will debut just in time for Halloween. Which you you to, yes, which will um, which was mentioned at the virtual panel for San Diego Comic-Con at home. Um, and it will ha- be a modern take on the 97 hit that we all loved, the, the horror film. So, so, so they're going to be trans? They are good. They're gonna be trans. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sachi. We said, yeah. we said a modern take. Yeah, I know. Right, <laughs> I right, know. Right. There's always a trans character. Yeah, you're you're gonna get all kinds of representation. That's almost right. every show and movie these days, though. My mom, my mom says like uh, like countdown till we get a gay kiss, and it's like it's gonna be in it's the show. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be in. <laughs> well, oh my god, like like people. Like people kept on crucifying um, friends during the reunion for yes like, because it was saying, too like, white right too white right. but like there were so many shows like in the nineties that had yeah. all black cast that nobody said shit about like and nobody cared about nobody like people loved Martin people loved um Fresh Prince of Bel Air yeah people loved yeah. um people loved the Cosby's Family Matters Family Matters yeah not every show had to be like the United Nations I, I don't understand it like, like, <laughs> United Nations oh my god I can't believe six white people were friends together. That's just like any out night out in the city. Yeah, that never happens. Well, and it's also like it's it's never fair, and we do it all the time now. It's never fair to impose your own standards of morality on a previous era. I mean, look at the show, The Fucking Honeymooners. His catchphrase, "Bam to the moon," it's it's talking about knocking his wife upside the fucking head. At the time, people thought that was hilarious. Oh yeah. Right to the moon, right? So, <laughs> do, we, do we not look like say everybody on that show is a misogynist who hates women? I doubt that was the case. <laughs> he never actually hit her. Right? He just threatened her oh. every episode. Yeah, he <laughs> warned her. One of these was, days, Alex. It was just, it was just verbal abuse, not physical abuse. Yeah, yeah just psychological. <laughs> we got a couple, a couple of that kind of news a little bit later. But uh, over on Apple TV, Sebastian Stan, that's the Winter Soldier, Soldier himself. No one cares. Has who's just been cast in Sharper, a con artist drama starring Julianne Moore. And of course, uh, the, the, the con artist is not Sebastian Stan, but it's actually Julianne Moore. She's the, uh, the, the con artist. What's it called? Um, it's called Sharper. Sharper. See, and, and that's why Apple is doing it horribly. Because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't catch your attention? No, Sharper. Yeah. yeah. You guys did a new series, Sharper. Well, the, the no. morning show did very well. It, it did well-ish for yeah, TV. Yeah, Star Wars. Like I, I, I did. I'm anti-Apple anyway. But yeah, like they launched, they launched a streaming service with no new shows. They, they, they like, well, one show. They had The Mandalorian, and then the rest of the whole service was, you know, those movies you already own and have seen seven times. They're all yeah. here. But now, <laughs> with, now with the Marvel series, and they're being smart. They're not dropping them at the same time. They're ending one and continuing with the with the yes. next one right after, yes. so people do not cancel their. Disney Plus subscriptions, right. but you're right. Initially, all it was was the Mandalorian. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was their yeah. whole, that was their whole marketing model. But thank God it's improved since. That's true for sure. Um, Ted Lasso is another big winner on Apple TV. 
um, scored big at the Emmys. Um, and uh, season two uh, debuted last Friday and two crazy numbers on Apple. So that's, that's an ex- example of a, a successful show on Apple. Which one? Ted Lasso with Jason Sudeikis. Okay. Yeah. Over on FX, they just dropped the first teaser for American Horror Story Season 10, which is called Double Feature. A very creepy trailer, guys. If you um, Basically, it's like an alien biting into a monster in the opening trailer. It's so freaking weird and creepy. But uh, apparently it's going to be um, what it, exactly what it's dubbed. The first half is going to be one big story. The second half is going to be another big story. Um, Which is probably a better idea because he can never finish a season like strongly, you know. At least in recent years, it's always like it starts off great, and all of a sudden he he, like just starts throwing shit at the wall to see what's every time, every time. So maybe splitting up the season in half is a good idea. I've not yet watched American Horror Stories, which is like Mm -hmm. the um, what's that? What do you call it? Those are the anthologies. Yeah, they're 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 basically um, standalone episodes. Right, right. Have you watched any of those? I have not yet. Okay. Um, but yes, but but the upcoming season is two horrifying stories, one season, one by the sea, one by the sand. Okay. So yeah, and I, I, mean, I watched the um, series um, Fear Street. Which were, oh, like, you watched all three movies? Yeah, which I thought did a better job. I than a, lot, a lot of the recent uh, American Horror Story seasons. Really? Yeah. Okay. Especially yeah. that second episode because it felt like an '80s horror flick, right? Yeah, the second one was my favorite one. Me too. Oh, of course, it's the yeah. '80s. You're the king of the yeah. '80s, Chachi. Well, the first one. Was, 94 but like some of the yeah. stuff i thought was dumb in it but like mm-hmm. are there cute the girls too. in the cast chachi that keep my attention no. <laughs> like what what the one the one right ahead from stranger things um you recognize her from there in, in season two okay. um so some recognizable people but um okay yeah, yeah the first one had like pretty plain looking girls like <laughs> okay. the first, i'm serious yeah and that's like the new trend. <laughs> that's a, that's a new trend in Hollywood. Back in the day, it used to be like, let's get this this hot actress to play this. And nowadays, let's get this frumpy girl over here to to be the. the you were actually you're yeah. you're making comments about the Walking Dead world beyond. Like Alexa Monsoor was the only pretty girl in yeah, the, the yeah. kids yeah, they, among the kids. Yeah. 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 The unique look is in. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's like it's like going to the mall and seeing the advertisements in the stores and stuff. And they oh yeah, you did show me a screenshot of yeah. the advertisements have are no no more conventional beauty anymore. No, no, like they'll have, they'll have girls with rolls and like stretch marks or whatever, and then like you have the fake people walking by being like, that's, "That's so amazing. She's so brave." Like right. bullshit. If you saw her on the beach, you'd be snickering with your friend, just like you know, just how a lot of catty people are. Well, or just not paying attention. I mean, let's let's right. you know, some some people just whatever, man. If sitting on the couch and eating nodules every day is brave, I'm confused as to what the word means. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look at look at Victoria's Secret now. You go to the Victoria's Secret website. You see, okay, you see the traditional beautiful um, model, and then you scroll down a little bit, then you have see a plus size model, and then scroll down a little bit more, and then you have an androgynous model. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's 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 all completely different now. Well, they hired they that. They had that one. What's her name? Megan. Um, what's her name? The soccer player. Megan Rapinoe. Yeah, representing yeah. USA at the Olympics. Yeah. Well, whatever. But she, they hired her to be a Victoria's Secret model or a spokesperson. Yeah. Like like she's ever wore Victoria's Secret in her life. Well, why didn't they just hire Alex Morgan? She's like, no, they're I just, can't. Yeah, they're just trying to. They're trying to. I know, they, I know, I get keep, it. But they keep fucking up with the LBGTQ community. They're actually in trouble. So yeah, they they were trying to like gain some water back. Yeah, that's right, exactly because they 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 thought the 
unattainable levels of beauty in the Victoria's Secret fashion show should not be displayed. You know, it's just like it's just stupid. Like it's, it's always been a fantasy in that. But they think it caters to men that way, and that women could. This is unrealistic um, goals for women. Fashion. No, yeah, yeah, that's true. No, it's it's women want to feel sexy when they wear it, and and they see other Mm -hmm. girls that are sexy. Trust me, like look at any of these girls on Instagram and how they how they dress and how they um, you know, display themselves on Instagram. Like they want to be sexy. You know, they're not they're not like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's two different schools of thought. There's like the way they they want to pretend that women are, and the way that women really are. You know, like like most of them want to be sexy. They want to like dress up and look sexy for their for their boyfriends. You know, and they um, yeah, and they feel sexy wearing it, knowing that um, these other models who are sexy wear it too. Yeah, it's psychological. You know, it's like so. So I think they're fucking up. I think they're going to end up going out of um, business or just being online soon. Like because that wasn't yeah. that wasn't their problem. The problem before this was because they were stationed in malls, and a lot of malls are doing bad. And have lower traffic. That's why their stores and malls are doing bad, not because of anything they were selling, or because of some Victoria's Secret uh, fashion show. Like I remember when the fashion shows used to come on, at least on my mm-hmm. Facebook, most of the people were talking about it were women, mm-hmm. saying like, "All oh, these girls are so hot and stuff like that." And I, I wish I was them. And I'm going to the gym tomorrow to work out, like all this stuff. And it was mostly women talking about it. it wasn't like creepy guys. Yeah, very valid point. Very valid point. Um, let's see. Um, we got some stuff on Showtime. Um, the Dexter um, first trailer just dropped at the San Diego Comic-Con at home. If you're a fan of the Dexter franchise, Chachi, were you a fan of Dexter, weren't you? Or someone was a fan of the show. Yeah, I, I never got I, into it. I, think I, I really liked it. I think I you really liked the it? First okay. Season, so they're, really they're bringing it back. It's not a reboot. They're bringing the original cast back. So just kind of like, um, <clears throat> what's a good example? Like Rested Development when it came back on Netflix. Kind of like giving it an additional season. Right. Also, Jeff Daniels has a show on Showtime called American Russ, premiering on my birthday on September 12th. Jeff Daniels, Amar Tyranny. It's a limited series based on Philip Meyer's novel of the same name. Um, and it's basically a, um, a police drama. Um, basically, the chief of police decides how far he'll go to protect his son, uh, protect the son of a woman he loves after murder upends the town. Um also on AMC, uh, so we got some Walking Dead news. Uh, season 11 had their panel. Um, Chachi, did you get a chance to check out the trailer? I did. Tra- I did. Yeah, so they had a, the trailer drop, and they had the panel with Daryl, Carol, Maggie, Gabriel, Ezekiel, Negan, um, the actors that play those characters, of course, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, etc., um, to talk more about the upcoming first third of the final seasons as you know it's going to go the first eight episodes in august of uh, 22nd and if you're an amc plus subscriber like myself and chachi are you can watch the season premiere as i hear the crunchy crunch oh yeah <laughs> my, yeah what the hell are you eating <laughs> you, can, you can catch the season premiere on august 15th we can see it a week early chachi Season premiere of The Walking Dead season 11. Kind of early, wow, because normally they don't start until like October. Yeah, but the trailer looked really good. It showed a lot of um, the Reapers, which is the next big threat, and of course also the Commonwealth, which is the uh, the new community that we, unless you're a comic book reader, don't know much about, other than the fact that they're very civilized 
Um, and they have stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah, they're way advanced. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah stormtroopers. That's so funny. <laughs> well, they kind of dress like stormtroopers at the white armor. He's spot on, dude. <laughs> they, they look like stormtroopers, the, the Commonwealth Guards. Yeah, um, because you know the armor is, is protective against walker bites and 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 that sort. Um, but the trailer looks really awesome, Chacha. Are you excited about Walking Dead? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm glad it's the final season. Yeah, I think it, it's, it's I ending think it's... on a good note. Following, uh, yeah. following source material because this is the last arc in the comic books okay before the the, the comic book ended so they're not going to go further than the comic book so yeah. i think it's going at a good time you know i mean i i mean i, th- I think it's past its prime a long time ago yeah, yeah. Uh, people know, are had, ready for it to be done it had some few shining stars i mean like like this is negan that episode last season when i thought was one of the yeah the ones. backstory of negan yeah. well one thing in the trailer was good we saw some interaction with maggie and negan yeah. As you know, Negan killed Glenn, Maggie's husband, with the baseball bat, Lucille. And now they kind of have to work together. Uh, so it'll be an interesting dynamic to see. But if Maggie you watch the trailer, you, yeah, you watch the trailer, you notice that the people that it, it focused on were most of the original characters that are still left, or most of the, the longest running characters that have been on the show. You yeah. didn't see that many new characters. You saw Maggie, you saw Negan, who's been there for like, a lot of well, years. They, they no. are still the leads of the show, you know, and but everyone I, else is supporting. I'm really just going to show you that like they never really did a good job of building up a lot of the new characters over the years. First of all, there's way too many characters on this show. A lot. Have, you know, I think part of the problem with this show, I think it would have been probably one of the best <laughs> series ever made is if, if they would have done it like on Netflix or something like that, where they only had like 13 episodes a season. I think they have a, a lot of filler that they have each season trying to, to do it for. And games. they could they could have more ultra violence, more fl- more crazy colorful language. Right. Yeah. yeah. F bombs Um, that they could only do like one or two f-bombs uh due yeah. to the amc rules or whatever so yeah, and, and, the, and the only people that you really see ever build it up on episodes if they're going to kill them off in that episode mm-hmm. yeah. you know? and then they yeah. kill off like a lot of fan favorites over the years just for like shock value and that turned a lot yep. of people off I mean, a lot of people a lot of people still like never watched it since um glenn died and they just refused to watch it every well time. my sister was yeah. one of them yeah, yeah. that's unfortunate yeah, there's only two characters from the beginning it's just uh Carol and Daryl and, and Maggie, really, the three. Maggie's um, not there in the beginning. No, no, Maggie, Maggie was there on, on the, um, season two from the Herschel's farm. From, okay, that, that is close yeah, to the it's, beginning. It's but just Maggie, so it's just Daryl and Carol, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And they actually had a panel for The Walking Dead World Beyond and Fear the Walking Dead, Chachi. So Walking Dead World Beyond will actually um, will premiere on October 3rd. And uh, Fear the Walking Dead... Um, season seven will premiere on October 17th, right after Walking Dead, um, the first third of Walking Dead season 11. That'll give me a break until the, until the, um, <laughs> following on part of the season. Yeah. The second half will be yeah. in 2022. I'm saying I won't be watching fear. You won't be watching fear. Well, it's seven seasons in, so I don't, it'll be kind of hard to pick up now, you know, but yeah. while you did, you did watch world beyond, right? But you said you didn't like it. I watched one episode. I didn't like it. No. You didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Well, it's only a li- it's a limited series, so they just yeah. uh, had a, a they had another panel for the second they should and limit- final season. They should limit it to zero episodes. Oh, <laughs> but they did show how it will tie in to um, well, the CRM. The CRM is like uh, they're kind of like an evil community, and they were both featured in Fear the Walking Dead and World Beyond. So we're gonna. Have- we're going to learn more about the CRM, uh, the Civic Republic, in both yeah. both shows. That's part of the problem, too, with all these different series they have for Walking Dead. Like, it was too much. They should have stuck with the original and just made that 
super great. You know. Well, I think that's what they're doing. Then they're ending the original, and and the world beyond is just a limited series. So now uh, all you have is fear. I'm talking about fear. They should never have started that. Well, the thing is, if they end Walking Dead and World Beyond only has two seasons, there's no more no more shows. So they have to have at least one show. Well, so they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it really developed its fan base, or so, you know. Um, that's that's debatable. Yeah, it's, it's cash grab. It's all right. all these things are cash exactly. grab. It was really popular. They made nine of them. <laughs> and Fear the Walking Dead does not have any source material. So that's another thing. It's just completely... they're, they're the Arrowverse of horror. That's what that's right, the right, exactly. Franchise. I think the success, the 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 key to success is to take a, a successful graphic novel, comic book, or or novel and adapt it. You know, but if if you want to do that genre, if you want to do that kind of genre, um, uh, let's see. Um, over on Paramount, there's Star Trek Prodigy. They just debuted it. Debuted a teaser trailer for an animated kids series. You can check out at the uh, virtual Comic Con and Home panel. Prodigy. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Can you believe it? Star Trek for kids. Um, mm. Probably won't be turning in for that. That's for sure. No. Uh, they also dropped a CW Legends of Tomorrow um, panel and trailer, as well um, revealed news that Doctor of Doctor Who that Joe Whitaker, the Thirteenth Doctor. Um, is leaving after the third season. Yep, she's hanging it up. First female doctor. First female doctor is done after three seasons. However, Jacob Anderson, who played Grey Worm in Great Game of Thrones, will be joining Doctor Who for the upcoming season. He won't be a doctor, but he um, he did reveal during the Comic Con at Home panel Sunday that he will be joining the 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 show. Yeah. I heard, uh, I heard I heard this horrible that show now. Doctor Who's horrible. Yeah. I never got into Doctor Who. How about you? Um, I Martin? did. You, you got I, into I, I I watched. Yeah, and I really liked it. It's cheesy, but I really like it. And it's got a pretty good following. I watched it all the way up until the Capaldi season, and okay. a lot of people stopped there. So he was like the fourth or the fifth Doctor, and it just it didn't seem to work with him. And then a lot of people were unhappy about. Yes, they loved know, the Matt Smith, the but they one. didn't like Capaldi, right? Yeah, Matt Smith crushed it. They absolutely right. crushed it. Right, that's what they're saying. That's what a lot of people are saying. Like, I think a lot of the girls wanted the young hot doctor, and they brought in the old yeah. man. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like it was yeah, a- they had two good-looking ones in a in a row, and then yeah, they they made him a grandpa. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have to watch some of the. Yeah, I used to watch some of the old ones on um, public television back in the day when they used to come on. Because they used to come on like they used to come on, like a Saturday night at like 11:30 um, p.m. Yeah. It was like, and it was like super cheesy, but it was like it was funny to watch. It was like really bad, like special effects. Yeah, mm. yeah, but it, like it's weirdly, it's oddly entertaining. Like I get why people like it. Yeah, and of course, yeah, the Comic Con was an at-home event, but they're doing an in-person. A mini Comic Con uh, in November at the San Diego Convention Center. So this will be in November um, to kind of make up for two years in a row that they had no um, virtual. Um, I'm sorry, no in-person Comic Cons. But the Comic Cons are coming back in person. Myself and Chachi uh, will be attending Awesome Con, the first major con I think on the East Coast. Right? I mean, there's Monster Mania, but that's kind of a, a specific genre. But if you're talking about big Comic Cons, Awesome Con, I believe, is the first major one to have an yeah. in-person one. Um, 
post pandemic. So looking forward to to checking that out. That's going to be awesome. Just to kind of be in the mix of all that um, fun and cosplayers and and everything that a comic con brings. Well, get it get it in before everything starts shutting down again. I know, right? <laughs> God damn it! And yeah. we did have a couple cancel culture news. Um, after 106 years, Cleveland, Cleveland Indians no longer exist. They are now known as the Cleveland Guardians. Horrible name. Um, so um, I think the Atlanta Braves would be next, unless they change the the logo. But I mean, the Braves could be like a superhero. You know, they don't really have or, to. Or it could yeah. be like a it could be like a fat woman like um, in a poster on the store. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Atlanta, Atlanta Braves. So, well, that would be um, paradoxical from what they're trying to prove, right? They did that, so it was. That would be, be a, a contradiction. That would be a contradiction. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, that, a, that is pretty a great. A great article, well, Onion, that the satirical news thing that yes. said Washington Redskins changed its name to DC Redskins. It's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 because the Washington part was offensive. Are they still, they still uh, don't yeah, know. Yeah, like they, they, they left the Redskins. It's hilarious. They still don't know what they want to be. I mean, the Red Wolves was cool, but there's still another season coming up. Still the Washington football team. Washington football team. Yeah. Um, we talked about Morgan Wallen. What's up? The Red Wolves is not a bad idea because you still have like, the Redskins, right? Red Wolves. I think they stick with Red Wolves. Uh, let's see. Morgan Wallen said his use of the racial slur in the video footage. He talked about it candidly. He said it was supposed to be playful with his friends. Who's He's this? not sure why he used the N-words. He said he was just ignorant about it. Um, he said he actually was on a 72-hour bender. So after which he checked himself in a rehab facility. That's what so, you got to do to say, sorry, you got to go to rehab. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but he just said they were all clearly drunk. He dropped the N-word slur because among his friends, they say dumb stuff together. And who's so, this? Who's this? This is Morgan Wallen. This is the country singer that was actually canceled um, not too long ago. But he actually, interesting enough, got in trouble for partying right in the midst of COVID. He was seen at a bar. And uh, they canceled him as the as the musical guest of Saturday Night Live. They gave him a second chance, and he did well, right? And then he goes and drops the N-bomb in a party video. <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, Harvey Weinstein uh, won a partial victory in court, persu- persuading a judge to dismiss one of the 11 sexual assault charges against him. He still has 10 other assault charges against him. But he was able to get one thrown out. Due to statute of limitations. Okay, that's one down. One down, <laughs> 12 to go. Yeah. Um, Blake Shelton and Gwen Stefani officially announced Gwen as Gwen Stefani Shelton. Um, so they're officially husband and wife, and looks like Gwen Stefani will be going by Gwen Stefani Shelton as her name going forward. I'll, I'll, I'll never call her that. I never call her that. You never called that at all, right? I never. I'll, I'll never call her that now. No, you'll never call her that again. <laughs> and it's interesting. There's a meme that went around. You know, ben, ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez are together again. Ben again. Affleck. And they showed a meme where um, J-Lo was on a boat. Her beautiful ass was like, you know, she's lying on her stomach. So her beautiful, beautiful ass was showing. And Ben Affleck was like draped over her. And then you have a, a, a pic exactly what, you know, 12 years later or whatever. It's like the first one was Same picture. Same exact picture where she's on a boat, it's her bikini bottom, her ass is sticking out, and Ben's is hovering over. 
so it's the exact same. They're almost like purposely recreating that shot. You know what I mean? Um, oh, well, let's just have to go out to Bob Odenkirk, who collapsed yesterday oh, yes. Yes, on yes, the New Mexico set of Better Call Saul. He is in stable condition. Um, it was a heart-related incident. Um, we oh. really well wish his prayers go out to Bob o- Odenkirk. Um, we we need the guy to to be with us still and and get well as uh, you know they're doing another season, the final season, a better call. Final, song. yeah, like a thirteen. Is episode. it the final season? Damn. Yes, yes. It's a great show. Oh, the best. Chachi, I know show. that you. How heartbreaking would it be? God forbid something happens. Oh my God, and I was thinking that too. Like like this. I've been watching this show for all these seasons. You've invested waiting. so much time into that, yeah. right? And he's a tremendous actor. Like, like, like. I remember seeing him on Better on um, Breaking Bad, and I'm like, I thought he was really funny and cool and stuff like that. But I'm like, how are they gonna make a series off of his character from Breaking Bad? Because it's kind of more like a comedic, you know, character at the time, and the kind of more like one-dimensional. But man, they flesh out his character, his backstory as Jimmy and stuff, and like, you watch yeah. them like. You watch him through all these seasons as grow as a character and become Saul before your very eyes. Right. Like it, I, I mean, you know, his life aside, I mean, it would be, be like a real shame if he, if he did not make it um, through the whole season to complete right. it, you know. Maybe so he's around he's, he's, he's not come. out of the woods yet, but now yeah. that he's in stable condition, let's hope he recovers and gets back yeah. on set. Yeah, his character, right, because... his character is pretty draining, too, because, I mean, they, they do yeah. a lot of, like, shooting, like, in these, and, like, you know, Albuquerque is hot anyways, and he's filming in right. like July, which is super hot in Albuquerque. And like they do a lot of like desert scenes and stuff they film at, you know, and a lot of like really like hard scenes. So I'm sure it takes a toll on your body, like for what they do. It's not it's not like a doing a sitcom and you're an AC and you're on a set or whatever. These are like out in the open, like hard hard locations. Absolutely, yeah. That that's that's hot out there in Albuquerque. No yeah, doubt. it is. Um, well, we just got to Kevin Connolly, who just uh, sh- um, disclosed his COVID-19 diagnosis, um, who tested positive despite being fully vaccinated. So there's all these now breakthrough cases. And what's sad is that Kevin Connolly's newborn daughter also tested positive for COVID-19. But the fact that Kevin Co- Connolly was vaccinated and still got COVID, and I know Scary. there's more and more breakthrough cases in this I don't think we're out of the woods yet, guys, sadly. Um, in fact, Sean Penn is refusing to return to work on Star's Watergate series Gaslit until all the cast and crew in production have, been, have had the COVID-19 vaccine. I know it's your body, your choice, but, I mean, Sean Penn is refusing to return to work until everyone, you know, what if what, what if somebody has a health issue or something that can't be vaccinated? But at the same time, you know, if you have no health issues and if it's just like a right ultra right wing radical conspiracy theory, we all have friends like that um, that don't believe in masks or the vaccine, um, then I don't know how they're going to return to work. Because well, it's not just um, right wing. It's a lot of people in the African-American community, too, that are refusing to get it, too, okay. or, or, or can't get it or whatever. So it's it's a lot of people not getting it. Like OK, but, I don't know. Good. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. From I guess it, it's across the spectrum on people that believe that, that don't believe in the science, so to speak. But Netflix will right. require that its actors and their close contacts be vaccinated in all of their U.S.-based productions. So 
This could, I mean, oh, again, that's I, where the money comes from. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's for the safety of the the set, the production, the actors, and of course, money involved because of get somebody sick on set, it delays production. But at the same time, now you're mandating everyone on set to get it, and of course, there are people out there that don't want to get it, you know. So, and now it's just like now it's dependent oh, on the other job. jobs. Yeah, other jobs. There are other jobs. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about all these shows, like the House of the Dragon, the the, the prequel for the Game of Thrones uh, series, uh, just had a COVID outbreak, and AMC's crime drama Gangs of London just paused production after a crew member tested positive for COVID nineteen. So, um, so yeah, not out of the woods just yet. Um. And I don't have any wrestling news other than the fact that they're having a, um, a scripted series based on the 1990s trial uh, for Vince McMahon su- allegedly supplying steroids to members of the WWE roster. Of course he did. Um, <laughs> based on the United States did. of America versus McMahon, which was found not guilty. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> he didn't do it. He did that shit. <laughs> so, but the thing OJ is, got off too. So this is interesting. This will be a very one-sided show, Martin, because it's going to be produced by WWE. So you know that's, they're going to they're, they're going to okay. paint this story in in a positive yeah. light that yeah. and clear him of all wrongdoing. Or in innocent persecuted self, Vince McMahon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised with like you know people know that steroids are still used in wrestling. I'm surprised that Vince would even want to like even touch the subject and like bring a yeah. light to it. You know, yeah. I mean, unless, unless he heard that somebody else was going to do a series and he wanted to get ahead of it, I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't it's, know why Vince would want to bring this up otherwise. It's the only event where, like, you know they're all on juice. Pros, yeah. you look mm-hmm. at me like, maybe, maybe not. Like, you know, every single wrestler is roided out of his goddamn mind. <laughs> yeah. remember, I remember when The Rock had the surgery to remove um, fatty tissues. Like, basically, he had tits. Yeah, remember? a little bit of man boobs going yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. And that's not natural. Nope, yeah, that, that's estrogen pushing back against all the tea. That's 100%. That's <laughs> Fight Club. Bob has been curious how they're going to power lifter. They're going to do WWE's side of the story, so I don't know how they. <laughs> we'll see what happens. You guys just work really hard. Yeah. <laughs> and anybody watching Olympic coverage is. Uh, um, nope. I watched some of the women's soccer. I'm big fan of Alex Morgan. And your girl Megan Rapinoe from Victoria's uh, Secret. Uh, I mean, they're great players. I mean, and I'll tell you though, the was freaking, she was she wearing like um a Victoria's Secret thong during that? She was not. She was. You know she's wearing like you know she wearing like the, the fruit of the looms, right? Oh, that's white ones. No, I'm serious. I you know. don't think she is. Tell you what, check out the Australian players. All of them look like models. Oh yeah. The Australian oh. Olympic women's soccer. They all look like models. The Americans, and you have a couple standouts in the American yeah. uh, team. Alex Morgan being one of them. But then yep. they were playing the Australian. I was like, oh, my God, every single yeah. one are like Female models. soccer players. Yeah, it's not always, right? But female soccer players have a pretty good ratio of just amazing. Amazing looking, looking women, I think right? like, it's The same with the dudes. I think it just it's a sport that creates like the perfect body type, the ideal body type. Like. NBA players are freaking mutants. They don't look great. Like NFL depends <laughs> where they're on the field. Women's, like, you know, the soccer player. women's weightlifting. That's not yeah, ideal, just, right? No. Yeah. No, <laughs> right. Like, volleyball. Volleyball is. And like um, yeah. pole vaulting. There's some really hot one, like hot pole vaulting women. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to pay closer attention. 
<laughs> Did you see the the commercial with Michaela Maroney? Um, she's mm-hmm. grabbing a frisbee on the top of the roof. She's she, let's just say she's definitely grown up, and I think they conveniently did not show angles over her butt um, on purpose. Let's just say in the commercial. But speaking of the Olymp, speaking of the check out, uh, check out Allison, Allison Stoke, that she like um, which one? She, her name's Allison Stoke. She's a pole vaulter, and she like okay, gained attention. I think she was a senior in high school when she got photographed, and she became like this huge star on on the internet just for being hot and being a hot pole vaulter. I love that you remember the name. <laughs> Stoke. Wow, she is amazing. Right, see? And she getting all this attention. I don't think she ever got too far. Like, I know she got close. Holy shit, Martin, you got to check this girl out. <laughs> Olive skin, perfect body. Oh, yeah. What's her name? Something Stone? Allison Stoke. S T O K K E. Yeah. Holy shit. All right, let's see what the big hullabaloo is all about here. She like is a, amazing. Like a six-pack, like. Wow, she's hot. Yeah. Okay, I see it. But and I personally think I, yeah, I personally lovely. think Alex Morgan is one of the most um, stunning uh, female athletes I've seen too. Um, Alex, Josh, Alex, you familiar, are you familiar with Alex Morgan? Alex Morgan. Yeah, from the from the United States uh, women's soccer team. She's just she's just uh, she's a beautiful woman. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, news on the Olympics that Simone Biles uh, withdrew yeah, from she's out. the Olympics. Yeah, citing from mental everything. health. Everything. And the pressure. Team competition, individuals. Yeah, she said she, she couldn't handle the pressure. A lot of pressure and just that affected her mental health. I mean, wow. It's kind it's of hard a surprise. She's, she's carrying like a billion medals around her neck already, right? She's like, she has more medals than any other. So I find it like, I'm not saying. Uh, it's not true but like it's hard to understand like having already gotten to the point where you're so dominant in the sport and you've been dominant for years it's weird that like at the the end of that like the pressure like usually i I would think a younger person who hadn't done it and hadn't been amazing a bunch of times would would feel pressure it's weird to see a vet do it yeah michael phelps said that he that it broke his heart like uh simone biles reason for the tokyo olympics withdrawal yeah yeah, I think she'll regret it just because of, um, you know, after all this is over and, like, just as, as anybody would if they get so close to, like, winning the gold medals and stuff and being at the Olympics and then having to withdraw. I mean, I have no idea what she was going through and, and, and you know, so whatever is best for her, good for her because her her routines are very dangerous. So if she's not 100% into it or in the right headspace, that she could really hurt herself or break her neck or whatever. yeah. But I don't get what was happening. Like, I was reading stuff about it. If it was true that they were, the judges were going to, like, judge her differently. Yeah, um, so this was in USA Day today. And the argument is that, like, the more difficult your stuff is, the more points it can get. Like, an A level yes. trick doesn't score a D, doesn't score to J. That so makes sense. she came up with these two super new things that they said should have been, like, J, J, H. And they put them with, like, uh, two levels up like d or something like that which is pretty much what any of the other girl was going to do for like a double twist normal shit anyway right and the argument was that i guess the the committee decided that like simone could do things that just other girls either couldn't or, or shouldn't try because they'll hurt themselves and because they didn't want them doing this insane shit to try and chase her to a medal that uh you know they, they sort of grade her on a curve so these skills yeah. just weren't going to get as many points as they should have 
All right. Of course, well, insane. I mean, that's like that's, that's like giving everybody a participation trophy or whatever. This is yeah. the Olympics. This is supposed to be like the best in the world. Yeah. So if she's the best yeah. in the world and people can't compete with her, then oh well. You know, like Michael yeah. Phelps. Michael Phelps was the best in the world, but they didn't let sit there and like, like well, well, we're gonna throw like this twenty pound Headstone. weight around, around his yeah, neck. Something. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't you don't make all of Jordan's points worth like yeah. half because he's gonna, gonna put, put up forty every game. <laughs> we're gonna put um stingrays in the um or jellyfish in the um lane that Michael Phelps is swimming in just to make it fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? I thought it was messed up. Maybe that might have had a lot to do with her like headspace where she was at. Yeah. I don't know. We really don't know. We really don't know what was going on unless she she does a sit down interview and discloses everything. Okay, guys, we'll just end tonight's show. We always end with some rest in pieces. We already talked about ZZ Top's uh, Dusty Hill. Yeah. Um, so a couple more people have sadly passed away, including legendary comedian actor Jackie Mason, known yeah, for bringing yeah, his yeah. Uh, Jewish sensibilities and Yiddish culture. Um, he passed away at the age of 93. Um, no cause of death was uh, given, but he's... Yeah, he's also been the the voice of Rabbi Krastovsky, Krusty the Clown's dad on The Simpsons as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's also been in The Jerk with Steve Martin. Oh, um, yeah. Mel Brooks' History of the World Part 1. He played Jew number one in that film. <laughs> um, um, worked First with Rodney two. Dangerfield and Caddyshack 2. Um and a small guest appearance on Thirty Rock among a lot of his other um appearances. Also, we um I mean we shouldn't we're not paying respects, but he passed away. Is the dating game killer? Uh, he is a prolific serial torture slayer, dubbed the dating game killer. Um, sentenced to death for five slayings in California. Um, yeah, he's a scumbag. So we're. Yeah, so we don't feel bad for this one. How do you get on the list? Yeah, why, why is he no one feels bad for that guy? We don't need to remember him. <laughs> gone, this was, gone, gone too soon. Gone too soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But this one is absolutely appalling. This was a a fatal shooting um, that killed an 18 year old girl named Riley Goodrich, and the other uh, victim is um, is on life support. Um, he is a YouTube TikTok star um, named Anthony Barajas. Um, apparently, they were at, ironically, a, a screening of The Forever Purge at wow. a theater in um, in Corona, California. Apparently, there was a shooting at the theater. Can you believe that, guys? Um, there were police respond to a call. And they arrested a suspect um, after receiving a search warrant. But, um, yeah, really, really sad. I mean, I, I think about the movie shoot, shooting um, the Joker yeah. tragedy in Colorado was just so fucking horrific. And to see something like this happen again in a movie theater when you're just trying to enjoy entertainment. Granted, the movie The Purge is probably a movie that, you know. It attracts that kind of dude. Attracts yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, it was, yeah. And it was hard to enjoy anyways, because it was a crappy movie. But... Crappy movie, but it's sad that, it's, that uh, a young girl lost her life. Yeah, very sad. And, an- and another um, young man is uh, on life support. Um, so we wish Anthony, well, wishes that he uh, recovers, but sad for Riley, who sadly had, was killed uh, at the scene. 
Um, and of course, we always throw out birthdays. Happy birthdays to the following include Tim Gunn of Project Runway, who's 68, Alexandra Paul of Baywatch, one of the original hotties, is 58. Martina McBride, didn't we mention Martina during our yeah. interview uh, with uh, the lovely Stacy? She's 55 today. Will Wheaton of Star Trek Next Generation, Stand By Me. He's 49. Stand By Me, yes. 49 today. Uh, Stephen Dorff is 48. Josh Radner from How I Met Your Mother is 47 today. Uh, Allison Mack of Smallville <laughs> is 39. She was the um, the cult, the, the person behind the Nexium cult, um, sex cult, with uh, Keith Lene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, happy birthday to the Hearst 39. <laughs> Again, why don't we back to the earth? Uh, happy birthday, but that that's that's birthday. Sex day. cult guru goddess, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she she was uh, branding her initials into the it's right above the the groin area of all these women, marking her territory, marking, marking wow. property. Wow, She's a wild, yeah, the 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 squeaky clean girl we thought was very. You know, you know, cute and and innocent from Smallville is a real devil. That's for sure, guys. Wow. Like that show Beastars. She's gonna check that out. Okay, I'm gonna have to make sure that's on my watch list too, guys. Well, it's been an incredible show from top to bottom. I'd like to thank, of course, our special guest Stacy Witten Summers. Um, check her out, LegendsInConcert.com, who does great impersonations of Shania Twain, Pat Benatar, Madonna, and many other of your favorite performers. Um, we'd like to thank, of course, the panel, starting with the one and only King of the 80s, Chachi McFly. Thank you so much. Good to be back. Martin Lopez, a.k.a. One True Knight, a.k.a. The Last Numenorian, a.k.a. The Once and Future King. Always good to be the resident nerd on the program. <laughs> Always knocking it out of the park, man. You guys, you, you General, you guys know your geek culture, man. You oh, guys, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> nerd. You're a nerd that gets women, though, so that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and of course... Yeah, it's not because of the nerd part. They don't, right, they don't hang not, out. Not, like, right. they're, not, they're not wooed by medieval literature. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I'd like to thank, of course, Siren, the entertainer, Davis, who joined us earlier on the program. And uh, and then tonight, my pre-recorded interview. That's right, guys. Second time BTB guest, James Moses Black. Um, he's got a lot of uh, great roles coming up. Uh, he's going to be in Queen Pins with Kristen Bell. That's that mo- movie about the coupon scheme. He's also going to be in Lansky, uh, starring Harvey Keitel. And Amazon Prime's new series, S-O-Z, Soldados or Zombies. Um, so, yeah, check it out. The Spanish um, Walking Dead. The Spanish Walking Dead. <laughs> Soldados or Zombies, S-O-Z. That premieres on totally August <laughs> So uh, check out that interview that I'm going to be conducting. Uh, and uh, thank you very much, everyone. This is an incredible show from top to bottom. Until next week, we'll see you then. Until then. Peace. <laughs> All right, guys. Special interview time here on Below the Belt Show. I'm here with an amazing actor. His second time on Below the Belt Show. We had to bring him back because he's got a lot of cool projects in the works. Uh, one in particular, Soldados or Zombies, <laughs> coming out. See, <laughs> si, claro que si, uh, on Amazon on August 6th. 
and so much more. The one and only James Moses Black. Uh, wow. Thanks for, for coming back here on Below the man. Belt Show. Hey, listen, man, that was a great uh, introduction, brother. Can, can you can you do that for my mom? Let her know who I am. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're certainly worthy of such a good uh, introduction, James. I, I mean, first it, of man. all. Let's talk. A, let's talk a little bit about this amazing project you got going on called Soldados o Zombies. And based on the trailer, wondering if you had to learn some Espanol to be prepared well, for the role. Well, I know some Espanol. Uh, and when we went to, we shot it in Durango, Mexico. First of all, ah. and uh, and then we shot it also in uh, Mexico City. And I stayed in Palermo, Palermo, and Mexico City, and. Uh, I, I was uh, Vico Ortiz is a co-star on the show, and she knew a lot more Spanish than I did, especially when we got lost. So I could I could put together some Espanol, but she she covered it all. So yeah, to answer your question, I had to learn a little bit more. Like no more mezcal. No, I don't want any cocaine. Uh, <laughs> Are you sure you should be saying CC to both of those things? <laughs> But your character of Colonel Murdoch, um, does he primarily speak English or does he does he speak yes, French? Yes, primarily speaks. Yeah, because uh, the so the show is based upon this, and I, I won't give it totally away, but I, I'm going to say repeat with uh, one of the directors that uh, the show is basically about a, a cartel guy who escapes from this max prison, mm-hmm. and the U.S. government is in charge of getting him back into custody. And there comes the zombies. So it's actually an experiment. They're not like Night of the Living Dead or The Walking Dead. These are like some highly sophisticated zombies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're not like, rrr, rrr. they're like, track <laughs> you down, run after you. Oh, yeah. Shoot. All that stuff. So they're like high, highly sophisticated. I told someone the other day, I said, I, I compare it to like a, 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 a thriller, a zombie thriller horror flick. It's not really horror because it has like, some 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 good some good premise to it but it is action-packed for a zombie it's not like you know sharknado action-packed you know let me turn it off (laughs) (laughs) well would it be more like zombie land because they had some fast mfers zombies in that in that film yeah yeah powerful and and smart what's the one will smith did it's sort of like that but they don't look totally like him uh, like the zombie that was on Will Smith when he did uh, the show where he was like the last dude on earth. Oh and, yeah, I'm trying to call that he, one. Yeah. He had the dog. Yeah, yeah. I just, I, but it's something like that. They're like highly sophisticated. So I get the notion to try to use them as soldiers, and that's mm. where the name soldiers or zombies comes from. That thank you for that explanation because for those of the people that saw the trailer, they probably want to know a little bit more. If they don't speak Spanish, they're probably even more effing confused. So, right, right, <laughs> right. Glad right. for uh, yeah. Uh, so that's a very, very good yeah. point because yeah, and I, I'm a Walking Dead fan. Those slow ass zombies have nothing compared yeah. to yeah. the zombies in Soldados or Zombies. That's for sure. Listen, listen, listen. If a slow zombie catch me, it's my fault. Yeah. If one of these zombies catch me. It's my fault, you know what I'm saying? Because I <laughs> underestimated them, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> but yeah. I also saw in the trailer that that the zombies can also be animals. Right. So that's that, that's that different the as well. Experimentation. That was the experimentation. experimentation. Wow. Right. 
right, right, right. Wow, that that's definitely some crazy, crazy, um, crazy aspects. Stuff. Then and then, of course, it's in Spanish. So um, if someone's like trying to attack you uh, and people are trying to talk to you in Spanish, you don't understand what the f is going on. Then that's more confusion. That makes it even more scarier. But nonetheless, your character does right. understand Spanish, so I'm sure you're taking direction pretty well in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, <laughs> and and I use English in half of my conventions. You know, I'm that straight general who just yeah. knows English. You know, he's like he's that straightforward dude who is just mm-hmm. about blowing stuff up, hurting people, and then saying thank you. You know, that's that's my <laughs> that Murdoch is nice. How did you like shooting on location for that in Mexico? I loved it, man. I loved it, man. Uh, quick story. Uh, <clears throat> Vico Ortiz, she's uh, she plays my sergeant in the movie. Uh, she, she decided to take us on a journey to a city called the City of God, which mm. I didn't know was like 50 miles away from Durango. Oh, wow. Anyway, anyway, she is uh, non-binary and I'm black. Okay. It's the first time they've seen either one of them in this town. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm like, hey, I think I don't think this is a good idea right here, man. You know? And uh, she, like, like she, spoke, she, she spoke a lot of Spanish, but the, the, the story is we make it down to this Mescal farm, man, and it's owned by this ex-cartel dude. Right. And, and, uh, and, and, and I, you know, X cartel. There's nothing. There's nothing I've seen called o- X. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen our Ozark, and it gets a little nuts with those cartels. Yeah, yeah. But he ended up like, like your head being blown a, off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, he ended up being a really good friend. I mean, okay. and he was making mezcal, and we were drinking it right out of the well, man. Like holy smokes. Yeah, and then somebody got the brainiac ideal to infuse it with weed. And then after that, I don't know what else happened. I don't, <laughs> no, no. Did you make Did you make it to set the next day? I made it back to set. <laughs> and, 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 and look, look, uh, Al was waiting for me like this. James, I don't think that's a good idea. I was like, ah, tell me about it in the morning. <laughs> that is amazing. That that sounds like a lot of fun. So you had, oh, it, was you know, it was work, what mixed with some pleasure, but all in right. all. Based on the trailer, from what I saw, it, it looked amazing. And I guess, I guess you should urge that American audiences shouldn't be intimidated by the subtitles, right? No, because, no, not at all. Yeah, you know, um, not at all. And you can have an appreciation and understanding of the series without necessarily needing to speak Espanol, right? Right, right. It does. It does have subtitles it's in English, and then the other subtitles are in Spanish. So uh, it, it's you could watch it and not be confused, right? You could watch the, the show and not be confused. Because even, even when we were, again, on the Spanish-speaking parts, I had nothing to do with those parts directly. Okay. All my parts were with arguing with Toby Schmitz, who was from Black Sales. He's on the show. Nice. Uh, and, and Vico and uh, Sergio, who is also, you know, Sergio, he's the... Uh, He's called the Bull on Snowfall. Ah, yes, 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 yes. Yes, he's on the show as well. He's on the show as well. So most of my parts were like in English, but then with, when the translation happened, we translated it for the zombies. You know, I don't think zombies have a particular language except. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the Spanish zombies speak. Uh, they have different sounds and and yeah. um, accents on the. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. 
that's some funny stuff, man. I love that stuff. Um, well, so yes, I'm a fan of the zombie genre. I saw that you have seven episodes of this. Yes, seven out, seven out of eight, and uh, eight. all eight are going to be airing in 204 countries. Uh, they had they interviewed them on. Um, it's the big Comic Con, but you know, Comic Con was all virtual this year. Virtual Comic Con at home, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they interviewed the uh, director and producer, showrunner for it, uh, Nico uh, Intel, and it, like I said, it's going to be in like 204 countries, eight episodes. We're waiting to see what the numbers look back to see if we have another season. But oh, wow. 204 countries, man, that's that's a lot, man. I'm sure you love to go down for uh, more work and mezcal. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. Yep, yeah, yep, absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So everyone needs to watch it. So based on the trailer, I think it's amazing. I, I just the effects, the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean the the cinematography looks real dope. So, mm-hmm. um, and how would this be? I mean, I know that the, the zombies are a little stronger, but uh, what would make this zombie series a little different than other zombie lore out there? Would you say other than the fact well, it's in Spanish? Right. Well, you think about you know you think about zombies and the the bad rap that zombies are slower now. They're slow. They're mm-hmm. half dead. Whatever. They're slow, right? But the the intelligence factor on these zombies is up there. I mean, they're 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 highly intelligent, and then they learn. There's they're ex soldiers. Believe it or not, they're soldiers, right? That get this injection. So so the difference is is that they keep that mind of a soldier as a zombie. Mm. They still right. have some of their cognitive right, uh, right. memory going on of being a soldier and yeah. And it's amped up. Yes. Okay. Very cool. Very, very, it's like, very it's cool. Like, it's like, it's like bad boys meets like uh, walking dead. So just imagine the walking dead, but the bad boys, like all the explosions and the cars and the, everything being ripped apart and then you put a little bit of narcos in it and then that's it that's wow and we're talking a lot of uh, cg effects practical effects Mm -hmm. mix of both uh i i think i think uh a a mix of both i think a mix of both i'd say more 40 percent of cgi you know what i mean because of the explosions and and all that other stuff but when you look at it you can't really tell i mean cgi has gotten so advanced now Unless you watch F nine and then you like that that that, that, that car ain't really go off the cliff. Like, come on, man. You know, you know, so. Building the building space, yeah, you know. Yeah. Just, space, get, you know, like it just oh, gets God. a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well that's one the, Go ahead. But no, sorry, that's one project, but uh we can go into Queen Queenpins now because that's another movie that's getting a lot of buzz there, James. I yeah. mean you got Kristen Bell, you got Kirby Hal Baptiste. Yeah, I mean, you got Joel McHale. You got an uh, incredible cast, and you're playing Vince an attorney. Vaughn. It's Vaughn. Yeah. Yes, that's my man, dude. He's a he's a great dude, man. A great guy. I mean, Joel McHale was good. Kristen Bell was so sweet. Everybody was everybody's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, I play her defense attorney. And, we know they're uh, getting a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it in the trailer. They uh they let me do a uh well it's about two women who take advantage of a loophole in 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 the coupon business and yes. they become you know what I'm saying they t- they take advantage of it. yeah 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 so uh I play her defense attorney and and actually the second scene they let me improv the whole entire scene cool so 
it was funny, man. People were coming, like Vince Vaughn came up to me and 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 Danny, and they like, hey, James, man, are you like a lawyer on the side? I was like, no, bro, I just slept on a Holiday Inn Express. What are you talking about? You know? So that type of, that type what? of, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They thought I was an actual lawyer. I'm like, no. Oh, no, cool. No, 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 no. Yeah. Good project, though. Have you played a lawyer before this project, though? No, man. Yeah. I've never I played a lawyer. I think you had. Mm-hmm. So they played cops and, you know, bad guys. But, yeah, I guess this is the first uh, attorney. Yeah, this is the first attorney, man. I recently played a, uh, a uh, on Liza On Demand. It's just a show on YouTube Red. Yes, I see that. Li- yeah, Liza Koshy. I, I recently played, it doesn't air until September, but uh, I recently played a dude who was obsessed with uh, One Direction. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and they had to convince me to do this project. I was yeah. like, Island, you know, you know, but after that I did you gotta it, listen to their music, you gotta know the lyrics of their songs. Yeah. Or, or and, and after I did it, because Liza was really she was really sweet and nice. After I did it, I had a lot of fun. So that's my comedy for the year right there, man. So I actually checked out a little bit of the pilot of Liza on demand. It seems like a lot of fun. Um just just Pure comedy, yeah. Some pure good, comedy. Um, and some good um, adult language thrown in, you know. Yes, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, the absolutely. pilot had the the the, the bratty um, Uber client sitting in the back uh-huh. being, uh, and um, yeah, no, it definitely made me want to watch more. And uh, of course, we have to look forward to your episode coming up in September. Yes, so that that shows uh, that show's been on a minute, right? Uh, the yeah, it's been on end. three years, and now they're thinking yeah. uh, you two let it go. So I think they're. They're planning on making a move on that show to a different uh, streaming service or network, so they're hoping that happens. Well, I think uh, if they they should follow what Cobra Kai did. Uh, Cobra yeah. Kai was on YouTube, and now it's on uh, uh, Netflix, and then found Netflix. some amazing success, and it's nominated for an Emmy. So sometimes yeah. you just have to get off the get on the right platform to be recognized. Right, and I think absolutely. Eyes on demand could be one of those, but. Um, but do quick going back quickly to the Queen Pins though, it just it just the trailer looked uh really, really good. Um I mean you got a great cast in there. Um um how was it like working with Kristen as a scene partner since you're um the, the it's, it's fa- it was it was fantastic. I mean, you know, when you come to when you come to sets and people understand that you didn't get hired for any reason, you're just you're not just a picking off the street. I think right. there's a mutual respect. You know, yeah, I mean? mutual respect. Are you referring to you background have... actors? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. No. Listen, I ain't got nothing against them, but boy, do I don't want to be with them. Tell me, tell them. me about it. Tell me about it. Man. I like to hear this as someone who's done a lot of background work in the past. You know, the background actors, if they get their shot, it's an explosion. It ain't just like a shot. It's a, it's an explosion. <laughs> so you got to pull it back. You're like, man, come on back a little bit. Come on back to earth. You know, you didn't. <laughs> You shot out to Jupiter for some strange reason, <laughs> but I can I can always tell uh, because they're just excited, you know, to get on camera, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's just the excitement <laughs> of getting on camera, man. You know, that's all it is. And then you get a couple of them who just go mm-hmm. cuckoo, you know. Yeah, I mean, people, you know, this is you could be an actor, extra, whatever you are, man. You know, you get you get excited. It's like ain't no stopping you. Right. If you get excited and mm-hmm. you never like I, I remember one time I was in the elevator with uh, Stevie Wonder. Yeah. And my boy was working and he said he's looking at me going like this. And I was like, what? It's Stevie Wonder. And so 
I was going to say, like, Stevie's right here, right? right I was right, going right. to say this. Look, I was going to say, hi. He, he can't see you. He can't see, <laughs> he can't see you, James. It's doing? like sticking out your hand for a hand for a handshake when you when you yeah, meet him. It's like, what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Hand. Bro, he turned to his left and looked at me. I didn't even say hi, and I'm telling you, I farted because it was what? just. <laughs> I was like, he looked. He said he just looked at me, and I was like, was oh cold. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know his. He might not be able to see, but his sense of smell is intact. His senses are crazy. His sense of smell. His he knows his senses are crazy. <laughs> he looked at me like, I mean, you know, he was <laughs> in my pocket or something. <laughs> I was like, man. Uh, you know. And then my boy is like, he didn't look at you. He just uh, turned towards you. I said, he looked at me. In earlier careers, since you mentioned background actors, did you uh, were you at a point in a career early on that you started with background work, or were you one of those lucky actors that just got into principal work right away? Well, no, I never started with background work, but I don't consider myself lucky after twenty years. Uh, I, you know, somebody said to me, "Man, how long how long have you been around? You you must have just came around." I was like, "Dude, I've been around for like twenty years, man," and mm-hmm. it's you know, yeah, so. Uh, it was it was a matter of connections with people for me. So when Good. I came out from uh, ACT, I connected with somebody who was in L.A. Next thing you know, when, when I got here, I got an agent and then I kind of moved around that agency and then got theatrical. So it didn't take that long, but the learning curve was long. You know, I booked yeah. something right off top. But, you know, it, it was it, it was just random in the beginning. It wasn't anything that was consistent. What would you attribute to your longevity in the career for working for 20 years? Uh, meeting Robert Guillaume, which I took his spot on Alex Half-Life, uh, and him telling me to not be a buffoon. Okay, and, that's good advice. Yeah, dude, as he, said, he said, James, whatever you do, com- make your comedy. If you're going to do comedy, make it smart. You know, because a lot of actors who've done comedy, I mean, you know, Will Smith started off in comedy. Fresh but Prince. After, yeah, after after Fresh Prince, you know, he did Hutch or Hitch or whatever his name is. And and maybe he did one more. I think I think uh, Wild Wild West was a comedy, too. So it don't matter. But yeah, uh, but he didn't stay in comedy. Right. Because there's something that clips your wings. You know, if you're not on the top, they just want you to be comedic all the time. And I think the thing That's that I point. did was I branched out. I made sure that I, you know, okay, I did my cop stuff, and then I started branching out to other areas, doctors, lawyers, whatever, whatever I did, I just made sure that it was mainstream a little bit, mm-hmm. and not such a uh, a target market like like specifically comedy. You know what I mean? Because it it just wasn't my thing, and I just didn't want to do it. Right. I can right. do it though. I can do it though. But, but I mean, look at that. I mean, look at your current resume and where you're going with Queen Pins and and Soldados and Lies on Demand and Black and Blue and Snowfall. They're all very, very different projects. So um, right. the, the fact that you're able to bring these characters to life from completely different genres speaks volumes, man. So uh, yeah. kudos to you, my man, for uh, being able to 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 do all the different genres, because that just you need you need to be a good actor to do all that stuff. You know, yeah, so. yeah, and you you got to bring your temperament. It's your temperament. You can only be 
what is stored inside of you and use it. You know, you can't yeah. try to be someone else or something else. You can just use what's given, what's what God gave you and your temperament to bring those people to life. You know what I mean? Because I told someone uh, before, I said, man, listen, they said, well, what, they asked me, what would the character do? I said, listen, for all practical purpose, the character's not alive. How do you bring, tell me what a person that doesn't exist mm -hmm. will do? It's all about you. It's all about what you do in this circumstance and make us believe it's for real. You can't bring a person that's imaginary and say, what will they do? They yeah. don't exist. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. Um, let's move on to Snowfall. Uh, you got yeah, yeah. two episodes as Brother Jamal. Tell us about uh, mm -hmm. Uh, landing the role of that and a very powerful show. I have friends that have watched every episode. Um, mm -hmm. I intend to watch it just based on watching your episode and scene as the radio host, Brother Jamal. Uh, tell us about working on that set. I loved it. I I had auditioned years ago when it first started. And I think I auditioned the week that John Singleton died. And it was nobody was in that frame of mind, you know, to right. not only get people in the room, but nobody was really, I don't really think they were thinking about. And then when I watched the guy who did the thing, it was just a clip like that. So I was glad I didn't do that. But uh, my character on, on the show interviewed the woman that was being targeted by the, uh, by one of the main characters who's part of the U S government. Mm -hmm. and was supplying the drugs and stuff. So right. Jamal interviewed her, and then he interviewed the dude, Kevin. Kevin, I forgot Kevin's last name. Uh, he plays uh, the, the British kid's dad, and he interviewed him, and then he ended up he, he ended up dead, or we think he's dead. So I think Jamal can talk about, I, I, I talked to the director, Carl. I was like, man, I think you, you should bring Jamal back to narrate what's going on with the whole government and the drugs and everything like that. Because that's what his show did was his show was responsible for the conscience of the community. Right. So Jamal. Right. So if you had him on it, just explaining the, the, what was going on in each phase, I thought that would be a good idea. But again, I'm not in charge. So, you know, we'll see what happens. See what happens and bring the brother back for season five. Bring the brother back, man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, the friends that, that watch the show, just saying it's one of just those amazing shows that you have to watch that, you know, it's under the radar as far as like the awards, you know, like, but it's, it's a powerful, powerful drama. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that's, uh, you know, one of those things and that I've been told that it, it, is a good way of describing uh, snowfall. Yeah, I mean it's it's similar to what Atlanta did. Like Atlanta, Danny uh, Donald Glover winning mm -hmm. those awards. It's similar to that, man. I I think it's just it's coming from a different angle. So I don't know if people are willing to give it the same acknowledgement as they gave Donald mm -hmm. Glover show Atlanta. Uh, yeah. So that's the whole thing, you know. Yeah. Because Atlanta is a great show too. So. Yeah. yeah. Have you uh, read for that one? Yeah, I just finished the reading for it, man. The, Did the you? old school, yeah, old school rapper, man. But you know, what? when they say old school rappers, it's a you can go get an old school rapper. You know what I mean to, to play the part. So, but I killed it. But you know, all you can do is kill your audition. That's all you can do. Right. And then you send it. Do in, you have experience it. as a rapper? No, I have experience as a DJ. 
Oh, very cool. Okay. okay. Which was which made the brother Jamal thing work even more. That worked. Know? So yeah. was it was it yeah. a very challenging to kind of just throw? I mean, I don't know if you had to do any freestyle or whatever as a rapper. But... No, no, oh, no, no. <laughs> but you know, I was all I was all in it though, because you know you see old school guys and you see how they look. They got the hat, they got the hoodie, right? You know, they sitting back. You know, they. It's like it, it's like Rick Ross is really an old school rapper, right? right? And you take off the the, the B glasses. You, yeah, he old school dude. It's like watching Russell Simmons, right? Yes, that's what that's. That's that's who it is, right? <laughs> so uh, Russell was, Simmons, yes, yeah. Uh, I saw him yeah. at uh, Craig's in LA a couple of years ago. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've been. Man. I don't know cool places, man. So, um, so you got to be excited because now that the pandemic is hopefully in the rear view, productions are starting to uh, come back again. Um, were you concerned at all during 2020 that it would be a tough year because it was for a lot of actors? Um, when productions had, had been on pause. Yeah, it was kind of a tough, tough year. Uh, and it, it was a tough year. I said, if I did a movie, it was going to go straight to uh, audio. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was, <laughs> it was going to make it into an audio book. You know what I'm saying? Because ain't nobody going to no theaters. Right, but, right. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, I, do, I do voiceovers also. So nice. the voiceover yes. world kept me busy. Yes. Uh, and that and you can do it down. from home. Mm-hmm. So I, I did uh, ESPN's college football. I did ESPN's basketball, and I did uh, nice. uh, some of ESPN's uh, uh, Thursday night football stuff. That's cool. Yeah, thank God for yeah. voiceover work, man. I, kept I know, man. Of actors busy during the pandemic. Plus, you can just be wearing your boxers or your PJs. You yeah, know? man. You can do whatever the f you want. <laughs> you whatever you want to tra- do, man. Yeah, you can just do it and then pay damn well too. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just did one with uh, a show, a TV show, well, not TV, it's a movie with Jamie Fox and uh, John Boyega. Yes. Called the oh, Clone cool. Tyrone. Okay. Uh, it was just ADR work, but it's like you said, it's crazy money when you you know you think about it you, yes. you know, like, y'all gonna give me what for 30 minutes right, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> that is wonderful man yeah. okay so so lots of stuff man james uh this is amazing so glad we got you back because uh soldados or zombies is gonna be dope dropping on um amazon on august 6th queen pins uh if you could tell me the release date September. of Queen Pins. September, September. I it's September. September 1st or 2nd week in September. I think it's the 10th, actually, but uh, I don't <sighs> want to misguide. I know it's not right after Labor Day, but I think it's the 10th. And, of the course, 10th. Liza On Demand also in September. So you got some stuff coming out soon, and uh, we appreciate uh, you talking with me, uh, Al Soto, here on Below the Belt Show. And for good measure, if we could, before we let you go, let us know who you are. Throw out a plug for Soldados and Queen Pins. Let us know you're on Below the Belt show. Throw out a catchphrase, a rap, <laughs> or anything you want to do. Yeah, yeah, a scream. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, you can follow me on uh, the gram at James Moses Black underscore. Uh, if you're 50 and over, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, if you use TikTok, it just ain't going to happen. You ain't going to see me on TikTok. Uh, so those are the three platforms that I use a lot. And uh, I, I appreciate you bringing me on Below the Belt, Al. I really do, man. It's, uh, you asked some great questions. 
uh, I, I just enjoy interviewing with you, man. You, you got your stuff together, man. So have me back when it's uh, appropriate. Appreciate it. But what I had in mind, James, is to say who you are. Uh, let oh. us know uh, you're going to be on Soldados and Zombies and okay. Queen Pins. Let us know I'm on Below the Belt. Kind of like a station ID thing. Like you oh, did. okay, okay. That's okay. what I had in mind. You know, I'm a DJ. That's what you got to tell me, bro. Oh, okay, okay I got to say the words. <laughs> okay, so whenever you're ready. All right. All right, everybody. Hey, it's James Moses Black. I am sitting here with Al Soto on Below the Belt. And this is one of the greatest interviews I've ever had. Coming up, uh, I'll be on Soldados versus Zombies. Yes, all Zombies. Uh, a show on Amazon Prime on August 6th. I also got something called Queen Pens with my man Vince Vaughn, Kristen Bell. Uh, it's a great show. It's a, it, That comes out in uh, September as well. And then you can catch me anytime on the A train. Anytime. You can catch me on the train all the time. I'm on the train anytime to LA, LA Metro. You can catch me on the LA Metro. Cause I ain't got no call. But uh, uh, I, I, I appreciate Al on the show, man. Keep up with me and uh, I'll be back soon. This is James Moses Black, Below the Belt. Yes! My man. That was dope, James. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. Have a good rest of the afternoon, my man. All right, man. Talk to you soon. All right, peace. Bye-bye. It has been a ill show tonight, and I think we have all learned some valuable lessons. This is your bot for the bad boys of Baltimore saying, until next time, keep chilling like a villain. Bye, 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 b